Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll start talking here for about five minutes, and then like Mitch will just be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're recording." It's like, wait, what? Yeah. By the way, just, just hello. like that. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Hello, so. folks. So, quick announcement. Um, unfortunately, our co-host Jacob has come down with the Wuhan flu, the big one nine, as some might say. The vid. The vid. The Rona. Um, so, unfortunately, he couldn't make it today. He is having to quarantine. Uh, so, <laughs> fucking nerd. I know, right? <laughs> <clears throat> but we did bring in somebody that's pretty, pretty awesome. So, um, we would like to introduce y'all to our friend, Jay. Hey, guys. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your experience with the hobby? Well, let's see. All I've been doing things. this since Rogue Trader, so about 30 years now. I worked for Games Workshop for about eight. I managed a bunch of different stores. My and condolences. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and now I manage a store here in lovely Bastrop. All right, all right, all right. All tiny little Bastrop. <sighs> oh, yeah, and so I have small. a YouTube channel that's uh, on hiatus. It's on vacation mode right now, but it's called Meta Slayers. Yep. Oh, yeah, so uh, what do you actually do on there? I would imagine you talk about meta, at least somewhat. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much Age of Sigmar exclusive, but I do some 40k recap. Uh, there was a Death Guard phase where me and my partner were just all about Death Guard, so... Pretty cool stuff. All right, so on this particular episode, we will be doing the Night Haunt. Oh! <laughs> yes, Bone Daddy Nagash's... Uh, Undead legions themselves. Oh, oh! This is going to be a whole lot of fun, actually. Oh yeah, no, this is no, going to be Night great. Night Haunt is actually one of my favorite races to do. What's really cool about Night Haunt is when they came out, they filled a niche in both the lore and the gameplay that nobody knew existed. Mm. Uh, we didn't know that we needed a flighty, like fifty-fifty durable army, and we also didn't know that. You know, Nagash really needed a new Mortark. Yeah. Uh, to to kind of christen the new era. Now, since you were you since you're in this hobby a lot longer than us, we're there during the launch of 2.0 because we were there at the beginning at 3.0. Mm-hmm. What was the launch like at 2.0 with the like Nighthawk? What was everybody's reaction to that? They thought it was really cool. Once I sat down and explained. <laughs> Uh, if you guys are familiar with Harlequins, they play a lot like Harlequins. They're very fast, very flighty, and they have a 50-50 invulnerable save. Okay. Pretty much across the board. Okay. Uh, it makes them surprisingly durable when you're reanimating and you have a 50-50. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is pretty cool. And then they have some cool army-wide rules, like if you roll a 10 or higher on the charge, you get to immediately attack, and it does not preclude you from attacking later on in the turn. Oh, wow, that's really strong. It's pretty good. Yeah. I know that currently, I think in the meta, that it's actually, they're not the strongest, but they were the first battle tome in 2.0, and there's always that slight creep, except Nurgle. Nurgle was still very strong with a 1.0. They skipped 2.0. Yeah, they stayed really strong. Nurgle did. Um, But whatever. Yeah. Phil, Mm. would you like to go ahead and start with the introduction of what Nighthaunt actually is? All right, so... Night Haunt. The short and skinny of it is basically these are the spirits of the dead who, for some reason or another, were either too angry to die 
or not, but not in the corn way, mind you. These guys did actually die. It's just that they died, and then they were like, "No, fuck this shit. We're coming back." Um, or Nagash personally decided he fucking hated them and was like, "No, you get to be undead and serve me now," yeah, which is what happens for about half the creatures we're gonna talk about. Yeah, no, the first one is definitely called it's called the Necromaledictus. It's like kind of a curse on your own soul. So like, mm -hmm. you either get cursed or you curse yourself and you come back. Yeah. Or um, this is very common in what was the Age of Myth. Um, then, and starting in more of the Age of Chaos is where you would see the necromant the necromantic um, energies coming in or magic. Mm -hmm. And that's where... So, one important thing to note is that we've been talking about how Night Haunts were a brand new army starting in 2nd edition. But the Night Haunts have technically always been around, even since the Age of Myth. It's just that they were very uncommon outside of places where death magic inherently gathered, like graveyards or large battlefields or things like that. Right. It, it took Nagash, um, pretty, it pretty much took the Necroquakes to bring them all together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, the, more or less. Yeah, and there's only one big recorded, uh, kind of like gathering of night haunts before then on a, like an army size scale. And that was during one of the chaos invasions of the underworld of Shaish during um, during the Age of Chaos. And Nagash basically was like, oh, chaos is here. This is unacceptable. Oh, I don't have access to many of my other forces right now, so I'm just going to call up the dead that are here and bind them to my will. And that was the first real raising of the night haunt uh, as a actual army force, but you wouldn't see them again until the Soul Wars of the Age of Sigmar. But they've always been around just on a much smaller scale. So you've always seen like tomb, or not tomb banshees, tomb banshees, and things like that. Just usually in very small numbers and limited to very specific locations, okay. like haunted houses. Exactly, like like literal. Haunted houses, not like ah, haunted houses. More like, ha, ha, oh, look at that! I've been impaled. Oh, look, spirit hosts. Fuck. Yep. Oh, there's a brick being thrown at me. Oh no. Um, but also on another note, um, night haunt is what I would probably classify the closest that the dead, the army of death, actually has close to demons because there is yes. there is absolutely not killing any night haunt unless it's like with very specific weapons or certain ma like spells. Right, because they'll just come back later. Yeah, because mm -hmm. um, when they get shattered, their soul will be go back to the underworld in Shayish, and it will slowly regather. And that's they just kind of unkillable. So, like, yeah, defeated a little night hunt army. Oh, no, they're, just, they're coming yeah, give, back a give them, give them a few months. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be back. And we're back. We needed to actually backtrack a little bit. Uh, we wanted to go back to the Age of Myth. So after that short commercial break that we just had that through the magic of editing doesn't exist at all. Maybe. Hey. It depends if I really go through the effort to actually edit all that out. Eh, fuck it. Well, it's close enough. <laughs> ah, subpar editing skills, it's what our viewers are used to. We'll just call this a live recording and uh, unedit it and leave it alone. Every every episode is a live recording. <laughs> well, this one's a dead recording because it's night, huh? ba -dum. Thanks, all right. Dad. <laughs> Yeah, pretty close. Um, <laughs> Jay, what are you talking about? You're doing it hard. Great. <laughs> so uh, what did you want to cover on the Age of Myth that we missed? Well, um, in the Age of Myth, that your most common night haunt spirit that you're actually going to see during the Age of Myth is going to be spirit hosts. Mm. Um, but there would be other ones like Karen Race. Wraiths. Mm-hmm. 
the Wraith? Ma- yeah, Karen Wraith, yes. Um, but a, a lot of these would be actually... Mitchell, in- Mitchell, Karen. It's, Karen. It's not a lady with a funky haircut and dyed hair. Karen? It's a Karen. Karen? Karen. I, I like Karen Wraith better. Karen? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they are just as destructive. I want to speak to your manager. <laughs> so, oh, God. Now I just have a mental image of some, like, Karen Wraith showing up on a battlefield, and there's some Stormcast Eternal who's like, I'm gonna kill it! And Karen's like, hold up now. I'm gonna need to speak with your manager. Like, I'm gonna need you to Where's your out. Lord Celestine? I need to speak to him now. Yeah, you use some offensive <laughs> language towards me. How dare you call me a filthy undead when you when you in your filthy meatbag suit? <laughs> meatbag. Wow. They're barely. They're lightning. It's like they're not meat. Ah! I mean, sometimes they're meat. <laughs> they, they they at least meet in the head. Meat in the head. Yes. So they're just like. <laughs> I'm trying to picture this, and it's just there's no good way. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so carry on. Karen Wraiths. Karen Wraiths would often be in the service of Soulblight vampires, because again... Yes, that is true. They are the newest army, at the second newest army, because Cruel Boys... Can you, do you classify Cruel Boys as their own army, even though they have one battle tome with the rest of orcs? Yeah, they're their own. They're, okay. they're, they're totally separate. They've got to be. Yeah. They have stumpy little gorilla legs and long arms. Yeah. Um, Soulblight Gravelords being the second newest army... Their lore still goes all the way back to the old world, but they would still had a very large presence, or well, large quote presence in um, the Age of Myth. So they would often have these Karen race in their service um, yeah. if they were out and about. Yeah, so that is true. There definitely were some units of Night Haunt that various necromancers or vampires or other uh, necromantically inclined creatures would bind to their service so that they could make use of their supernatural abilities. Yes, and on on occasion, they would sometimes devour entire towns. Yeah, you know, just sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you'd leave a town, you'd come back, you know, a few months later, and the town would just be dead. Nobody knows why. Their touch drains the life of mortals, their presence being so fell that many a mortal is driven mad with fear long before their death. And that's the Karen rates? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's, how, that's, that's terrifying. That's how it was when I worked at Sonic when I saw a Karen. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Karen. <laughs> they have such fashionable haircuts, though. Short hair, beach blonde. The bob cut. Oh, man. The, like, angled bob cut. Oh, man. There was a meme with a Pokemon. It was, like, the Pidgey evolution line, but it was, like, the Karen evolution line. Oh, God. Oh, I need to try to find it while you guys talk. Yeah. By the way, Pimp, like, ultimate Karen, Florida Florida girl. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't even... Or Florida woman. (laughs) Don't even get me started. People, dude, people <laughs> from Florida are whole If you don't want to breed. start on that, would you like to start on the Age of Myth? No, the Age of Chaos? <laughs> All right. Going back over the Age of Chaos. Yeah, because we during our little editing break, we were reviewing some of the uh, Age stuff, and we did realize a couple important things did happen. Um, so... Uh, so, yeah, whenever the forces of Korn did invade uh, the Underworld... The Night Haunts were called up, and they did serve at Nagash's behest to repel the forces of Khorne. And one important thing to note is that 
of the entire corn forces that were sent into the underworld, only the bloodthirster that led them managed to escape. Um, do note of where actually this invasion was taking place. It was taken in Holocaust or Holost? Holost. The Holocaust. It's where Sigmar stole all of the souls that make Stormcast Eternals. Oh. Oh. Yes, that, that is specifically this underworld. And um, this is, um, I don't know if it was with Nagash's help or without Nagash's help that they all kicked them out because, again, these are all the heroes that Ooh. were used to fighting. These are the people that died in battle, the ones that you were eager for more war, but were like, no, I died, I can't kill anybody else type mm. of thing. So these guys would have made very potent night, uh, night haunts. Yes. Um, Which explains why they managed to slaughter an entire force of demons of corn. Next one, it had to do with the Indonic Deepkin. They were like how they entered the Veil of Chains and released a host of specters that were cursed by Nagash. Yeah. Um, There's but- some weird tie-ins with Ideneth, and they're trying to say that Ideneth go back farther than... It was kind of a retcon. They're, they try to say that Ideneth go back farther in the lore than it actually did. Because... Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, because weren't they made by Teclas? Yeah. But how, I believe so. How far back did that go? It has to be. Well, I mean, it's not in the the time before. It's not in the old world. Yeah. Because um, I think whenever we were covering the gods and the history of the of the uh, mortal realms, I think we said that that happened sometime like later in the age of myth, early age of chaos. Yes, it had to be. It was during once and. Oh, it was the event where they were stealing souls out of Slanesh. It's yeah. They had to. It was the beginning of the fall of the pantheon. Okay. Yep. So not that old. Yeah, they can't be that old. They're not. But then you know, GW with all their might, they to be retconned. fair. Age of Chaos is after that. So true. Yeah. But yeah, no, there, there are definitely situations. Fuck them, they're nubile little newborn bitch babies. <laughs> hey, eels are cool. Okay. <laughs> Look, I got a seahorse. All I'm saying is, have you seen the flying turtle? Like, it's pretty dope. I'm not sure how it works, but yeah, the eels... no idea how it works. The eels fly and it works, it's cool, apparently. It's also a really broken army. Oh, yeah, especially <laughs> with that one... Um, and all eel army is really good. Yeah. No, I, I remember hearing about at a tournament, though, that somebody brought the um, th- their big terrain piece that's like the boat yep. that splits into two. Yeah. And I think maybe you were the one that was telling me about this. And they, like, set it up in the middle of the map and then broke it in half to, in, like, a very specific manner that basically blocked off the entire middle section of the map. Yeah, but all it does is a couple of mortal wounds. It's actually not that big of a deal. People are pissed scared of it. Like, oh, I can't be by the boat. This is so broken. Da, da, da. It's just a couple of mortal wounds. We're also in the meta monsters right now. It's go up to it, smash it, you're golden. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a new thing that definitely helps. Mm-hmm. So All of these faction terrain pieces, now you just step on them with a monster. and They're almost pointless. Well, the ogre one's good enough because you only need it for one turn. Oh, what does it? What does it actually do? I haven't actually heard of that. It, what was the ogre's uh, head drain? It, yeah, it's a cauldron. Um, oh, that one. Yes, yes, yes. The big soup pot. Yeah, doesn't it heal? It uh, increases uh, magical capabilities when they drain it, and then you can fill it back up and heal. Yeah. 
Okay. So, yeah, I guess you just need it, like, until you finish casting, and then you're like, okay, cool, don't care. Yeah, something like that. The, the point is, it heals one time, and you're happy because it was a free terrain piece that just healed for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be pretty potent. Um, Continuing. Yeah, um, back on topic. Um, after the defeat of Nagash, the Night Haunts were still... Which, which time? Dude, Nagash gets his ass beat like a bongo, like, on four separate occasions. The last time... Before the Necro... Before Soul Wars. <laughs> okay, so, before Soul Wars. Wait, how's it before Soul Wars? No, because this, this is, is back to the Age of Chaos. Chaos. Oh, okay, okay, yes. okay. We're back, we're back in Chaos. <laughs> this All is right. the... Not the this, not this Soul Wars death in the gas. We're looking at A's Age of Chaos death in the gas. Oh, so when, okay. when Archeon was like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Bitch. Yep. Um, <laughs> when, he, when he was destroyed... <laughs> Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. What? Nothing. <laughs> Booped your nose. I don't have a nose. <laughs> okay. Um, and the Night Hots were still kind of being roaming around, and they were... Um, it was going to be in two forces. That's going to be mainly the Glowing Host and the Grim Guard. I don't even know if they're in the game at the moment. I didn't even look at the... But these are, these are the two... These are two forces that are potentially still around today that were established back in the Age of Chaos. That's what makes them important, is they're the first two real processions that, as far as we're aware, are still around today. Yes. Also, really, really apt, or like on the nose of the name, procession as the, like, mm-hmm. the war bands or whatever the hell they're yeah. called. We'll, we'll, we'll like explain a, a little bit. Pr- procession? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we'll explain a little people. bit more about their organization a little later on. Right now we're just covering their history. But uh, real quick, though, a procession is a bit like a storm host. Um, it's the largest organizational feature of uh, a night haunt army. And then, you know, after the Age of Chaos, a necroquake happened. Um, and that spawned a whole lot of night haunts. Would, yeah. you, would you like to explain a little further? So the necroquake happened. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Good no, start. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it really all does start with the Necroquake. Necroquake happens, dead rise up, Nagash binds them all together, and let's see if I can find the specific ritual. And of course I can't. Thank you. Um, but no, so Nagash binds them all together, and they immediately just start going after the living. Because to a certain extent, the Night Haunt are Nagash's wrath at the world of the living made manifest. Uh, because they've exi- a lot of their pre-existing anger and hatred comes from when they were alive, and usually it's directed at the people who killed them. So these creatures are already very driven by rage and wrath, and Nagash, d- uh, part of his binding is that he just takes that and binds it to him and then elevates that rage to another level. Uh, and that's kind of the biggest way that he binds the majority of his followers, but there are some he specifically singles out for his hatred. His followers is a really strong word when it comes to Night Haunt. That's fair. Almost nobody, <laughs> almost none of the Night Haunts follow Nagash willingly. Basically, Nagash Indentured servants? Uh, uh, that's a bit of a stretch. Indentured servants agreed to it. <laughs> yeah. Indentured what? servants... Uh, yeah. Slaves? 
And no, really? and slaves and indentured Technically two different things. Two different things. Oh, okay. Because indentured servants, um, when they're coming over to America initially, an indentured servant was somebody who was forced to work to somebody until they paid off their debt of the passage across the Atlantic. A slave is just, I bought you, you're mine now. Okay, so the night hunter slaves. Yes. yes. Yeah, an indentured <laughs> servant implies that you actually got something out of it. They um, do. They get eternal life through death. Eternal misery? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Turn your hands into scythes. Okay, they li there's literally a unit in here that's made up entirely of people who used to be healers. And the gash is like, nah, fuck you. You kept people from dying, so fuck you people in particular. We will talk about the Dread Scythe Heritage, because <laughs> I, I really enjoy that unit. So we'll come back to that. No, but, like, this look hell cool. Oh, yeah, no, they look dope as shit. This army looks all amazing. Mm -hmm. You should see some of the various paint schemes I've taught over the years, man. Oh, man. Like black to red and uh, pinks and purples. My mine's purple. My oh, that sounds dope as hell. Yeah, I need to find it. His cousin is painting my little Nighthawk army, and it's gonna be white to pink. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks actually, really good. Follows under Lady Olander really nicely with that paint scheme. Mm -hmm. I need to get that model just because it's one of my favorite models. And oh, she's oh, yeah. the best unit in the entire book. Yeah. Oh yeah. You started you start a Nighthawk army by taking Lady Olander. And then filling in around her. <laughs> yes. It doesn't really matter what you pick. She's going to carry. Uh, let, me, let me do mortal wounds, please. Yeah, just, right? just take Lady Olander. And then buy, like, the rest of your points. Doesn't matter what. Just fill that bitch in. As long as you have, like, two or three battle line units. After that, doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm hoping that the Nighthawk get a Vanguard box. Because um, Star Collecting doesn't exist anymore with new ones. Yeah, their Star Collecting box sucked anyway. Did they have a Star Collecting? I thought I thought it was just Legions and the Gash. No, um, so they had, it was essentially the other half of one of the, um, it, it, it was crap. It, okay. It was crap. They had some sort of battle box. It was awful. Okay. Well, also, before you get into it, when it comes to like the actual, the binding and making Lady Orlander a um, Mortark, the Mortark of Grief, before that, before they even became, became organized, they defeated the Stormcast and the Sylvaneth. Yes. So, mm. uh, and they actually, the so they don't call them Night Haunt because they didn't exist at this time, but there actually is... A point where the Night Hunt play a big role in the lore in the Heldenhammer Crusade. Yeah, um, I believe they're called Malignants. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Malignants uh, do actually play a big part in the Heldenhammer Crusade. If y'all remember back that far, or if y'all want to just go re-listen to the episode. But I think basically, it was episode five. Yeah, I think somewhere around there. I don't pay attention to my own episodes. <laughs> <laughs> what? I just no. press play and record. Uh, there is one part. Um, I think it was episode eight. Uh, Philip was saying, okay, well, I don't want to get into it too much because spoiler alert, the whole point of this podcast is spoilers. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That, so that's fair. Spoiler but... alert. We're going to talk about every aspect <laughs> of this thing. Okay, guys, you should still go read the books. That being said, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. For Age of Sigma. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, but no, so there was a point in the Heldenhammer Crusade where the crusade comes to a town where the forces of Zinch are hiding out. And the forces of Zinch are trying to use the malignants that are inside of the town to kind of slow down the uh, Stormcast Eternals. And eventually what happens is the Stormcast Eternals make a pact with... 
uh, a banshee actually and the banshee still has enough of her mind left that she's able to distinguish like between the stormcast and the chaos forces because chaos is corrupting the town and so the stormcast are basically like look we won't fight you and we will leave you in peace we just need to get through this town to get to the forces of zinch and so the Banshee's like, okay, well, if you never come back here, cool. Also, like, leave us your dead. And so <laughs> and so that's what they do is the, the Banshee turns on the forces of chaos and, proce- and proceeds to lead the malignants. And they slaughter the entirety of the forces of chaos that are still in the city itself. Well, how can you kill something that's already dead? Well, considering people do it on tabletop all the fucking time. Hey, we're not talking about tabletop at the moment. <laughs> I'm just saying. It hurts. It hurts. I mean, realistically, like, if we want to get factual about it, technically, like, no mortal force that's armed with normal-ass weapons should be able to form the night, or harm the night haunts. Actually, that's not true. Um, oh, really? If you have a strong enough will, mm. that's where they, they find that loophole. Okay, so basically, if you're angry and determined, if you're angry enough and determined enough, you can go, "Hey, Night Haunt, fuck you!" In particular, proceeds to hit you with a wooden blade. Now, to think that every single soldier in an army has said force of willpower—that's a little BS. But I guess that's where dice rolls come in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what that fifty-fifty invulns all about. Right, right. Um, moving on. Let's see here. What are we up to next? Oh, right. Uh, so the Night Haunts come together, and they start immediately just wrecking the uh, Stormcast and the Sylvaneth. Because they basically come out of nowhere, and the Stormcast and the Sylvaneth like, what the hell is this? And they just immediately start going after them. And so they actually end up uh, overthrowing a Sylvaneth fortress called Narlock. Like, they just yeah. completely take it. They yeah, they it take out. it over. Yeah. Um, well, and then they... They actually just keep on passing through it, and it ends up becoming uh, inhabited by Beastmen, right? Yep. Yeah, Beastmen. Which is probably important in Beastmen lore, but I don't... Yeah, we don't care about Beastmen lore I don't think a whole lot of people play Beastmen. Uh, I've got a large Beastmen army, and I wish they were better. Jay, to be fair, you have a large everything army. I just got a large everything, baby. (laughs) But, uh... I need to know this. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... No, I've got a, a fairly large Beastman army. Um, I really wish they were better. Uh, their lore used to be cool, now it's just kind of weird. They're just like grumpy forest dwellers that are like, get out of our forest. Uh, and then chaos. Sylvaneth are like, we are the forest. And then Beastmen are like, well, we hate you anyway. And that's Beastmen. But hey, dragon ogres are pretty cool. I love dragon ogres. <laughs> <laughs> Sam hates dragon ogres. I love dragon ogres. I don't understand why. I, he says they're ugly. He says they're stupid looking models. And I'm like... Bro, that's like the whole ass point though. They're, they're supposed to be ugly. They're old sculpts, man. Yeah. Old. I'm excited to see if they get a, uh, a reskin in 3rd edition. Because that seems to kind of be the theme across GW right now. Is to reskin a lot of their old lines. I'd be down with that. I mean, a re-sculpt. I'm calling it now. Four, uh, 4.0 is going to be going back to chaos because we went through. Um, it was chaos, death, third edition, destruction. Like destruction. Yeah. And then it's going to go back up to chaos, and I think we're going to get a revamp of either Skaven or Beastman, and I'm hoping it's Beastman. Well, really, it, it goes chaos, Stormcast, then death. Stormcast. <laughs> <laughs> then 
Destruction Stormcast, and then Stormcast Stormcast. Please, please don't tell me it's going to be Stormcast. You forgot to throw in like 30 Space Marine releases in there. <laughs> there was a point where there were books that still needed to be updated, mm-hmm. and Stormcast were on their fourth book, and their other books had never been updated into Sigmar. Wow. Like Nurgle! Dude, they just got Magakin. Let it go. The book's great. It was 1.0. <laughs> Let it go. Fucking Elsa. Come on. We're going back to like, what, 5th edition of Warhammer where not every single book, get, not every single codex gets an update? Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> a fair amount of stuff is wrong with that. <laughs> then go play uh, Ninth Age or Kings of War. <laughs> Terrible games that are community driven. Community updates. Oh, they're, God. they're awful. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> oh, we can go into that later. <laughs> yeah. We can uh, save that for afterwards. Well, Nagash decided what these unguided doohickeys of spirits just floating around needed mm-hmm. somebody to sit there and guide them. So he brought in Lady Olander. Ol- yep. Olander? 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 I said it right. Oh my gosh! Congratulations! Yay. You didn't have a stroke. Um, we'll and, see. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. And the thing about her is, um, going back to a little little bit of history, she was a person who was renowned for her beauty. There it is. Nailed it. <laughs> her beauty. Yes. Her beauty, and she used her beauty to scheme up her way to become more powerful. Did the... she end up becoming a queen at one point? Well, I will explain that situation right now. All right. Very close. Very close. She somehow ended up marrying or being betrothed to okay. the person who was supposed to become the next king. Oh. And then magically, they both died. Wow. Well, he died first. She freaked out. She went all crazy. Then she died. Uh, I don't think they died at the same time. No, 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 no. The king and her betrothed both died. And then she would go on and she put on a um, veil and put on this whole entire persona of, like, her grief. Yeah. And they just, like, she got more and more power. Everybody loved her. And her downfall was Nurgle was attacking Shaiish. And she tried to make a deal with Nurgle so she wouldn't lose her power. And that was at that instant, and Degash is like, Nah, girl, you, you, I, I was so proud of you until now. You're dead. Yeah, because wasn't she also a fairly, not like ma- massively powerful, but wasn't she a decently powerful wizard as well? I don't, I don't know. Or a magic user? Eh, everybody is. Oh, yeah. that's fair. If you're a named character, you probably have some magic. Yeah, but no, that was all in the Age of Chaos that all started. Um, <laughs> Gargant wizards. And it's Oh, a, God. It's a thing. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can make a Gargant a wizard. Oh, God. Yes. No, I don't want to hear be it. I don't want to hear trait. it. So yeah. bullshit. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, oh, God. so yeah, anybody who's remotely important is kind of a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> Gargant. Uh, yeah, Jesus because was a spellcaster, already- too. <laughs> but um, after her death... She got. She became a night haunt, and she was doomed to sit there and feel the grief of all the dead people in the entire of all realms. Wow! So that sucks. That is a, a heavy burden to bear. Yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah, the gash is a bit of a spiteful hoe. Oh, <laughs> she's dealing with Nurgle. She was trying to like, hey. Okay. To be fair, we're gonna come over, go over some of the units that are basically like. 
we were enslaved and we wanted help, but we didn't worship Nagash, so now we have to be cursed for all of eternity. All I'm saying is all your problems would be solved in your afterlife if you just worship Nagash. You you still become undead under Nagash. Yeah. You're just a zombie instead of a nighthaunt. <laughs> That's a little better than being a nighthaunt. Because then you're not like really... Yeah. You got no. All your nerves are dead. It's not like you feel pain. I don't think the night haunt feel pain unless it's their own endless torment to feel pain. Yes, that 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 that's how it is. Yeah. Um, and you know she becomes after the whole lot of uh, chaos shenanigans, or no, not chaos. The necroquake. Nagash is like, hey, I need somebody to lead all these things, and Lady Olander was like, still kind of get more and more power. Nagash is like. I put all that grief on you, and you're still going for more power. Here, have some on, have some of my divinity. Have some on death. Mm-hmm. Um, and she but uh, sprite flavored. Yeah, sprite cranberry. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she then became the Mortar grief, and this literally screamed very loudly to get everybody to come to tour her. Yeah, no. She literally unleashes a scream so potent that all of the all of the night haunts across all of the mortal realms hear her and are summoned uh, by her call. It's it's one hell of a screech. Yeah, and if you listen to last week, wow, no, it has actually only been a week since last. Yeah, it episode. actually has only been a week. Yeah, uh, normally whenever we say last week, we just mean like the last week we were recording. But yeah, it actually was last week. Nah, uh, we we upload these like thirty minutes after we record them, but. Um, if you listen to the last episode, you would note that Lady Olander actually had a large role to play during the Soul Wars because she would actually she was actually one of the main um, generals that would catacross about attacking the um, all points or the eight points mm. to and they almost did it because the Night Hunt were the were the vanguard and they were just kind of like slammed everybody. Then Kratikos is like, I am the general, so I need to come in and claim victory. Then Arcan came in and slashed him and or stabbed him in the heart. But there's a consistent. Who, who came in? Archeon. There we go. <laughs> Arcane's another uh, another Mortark. I'm pretty sure. Archon. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, not anymore. Arcan the Black. He dead. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. No dead are ever permanently dead. He kind of got shoved into, off the edge of the world. He'd come back. I got better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. So, yeah, that, that all happened. That's really all of her during the Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, also, so, kill, fought the Celestine Prime one-on-one-on-one. Oh, yeah, that, that was a big thing that happened. That was at the battle for the... Um, that resulted in the, uh, in the taking of the Storm Vault and the freeing of... Catacross. Yeah, Catacross. Now, there was a point where Olander was going to lose a battle, but then Nagash and Arkin showed up and rescued her, and that's when he made her a Mortark, I believe. Oh, this is the, I think, um, her attack on the Warlord Thur. Thur. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, and as punishment... Or as punishment for her and the Craven King, who will go on later. She got married, she got betrothed or wedded to the Craven King. Is something she worked so hard is to get out of a marriage and yeah. forced her into a marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And the really funny thing about it is how the wedding ended up going is that the crate. We'll get into it when we cover the. What is the game. forced marriage called? It's not betrothed. It's um. Um. Uh, Shotgun uh, wedding. <laughs> no, that's when you knock up your cousin. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's um. Uh, it's not a planned marriage. It's a uh, planned parenthood. Um, it's... I'm going with shotgun wedding. No, no that's just no. an off-the-hill fire God from dang hell. it, they still do it in Russia. Yeah. Um, Mail-order brides? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> You're throwing off the, the mojo. I can't think. Yeah, it's... Because it's what happens whenever, like, two families get together and they're like, my son's gonna marry your daughter. And they um, don't have... They never even meet each other beforehand. Um, yeah. Arranged they, marriage. There we Thank go. you. That's what it was. It was an arranged marriage that she didn't really have a choice in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, that was a five-minute segue into... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> into shotgun marriages and cousin fucking. <laughs> We're in Alabama now. hey yo, Is that banjos I hear? ding 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 I'm sorry for everybody in Alabama. I'm not. <laughs> Fuck Alabama. Hey, hey, hey. They're like the only reason Texas isn't dead last in education. No, 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 no. It's like Mississippi, Alabama, then Texas. There we go. I know we're, we're, for a while there we were 48th, so I guess, yeah, technically there were two people below us. If you ain't first to last. <laughs> Might as well be last. All right. All right. Going, going back on. Uh, but another thing that the processions of the Night Haunt are known for doing is they will occasionally form ties with the Flesh Eater Courts. Because the, the, the way that the Flesh Eater Courts see it is they're almost like, oh yeah, these are, um, since they're both bound to Nagash in slightly different ways, the Flesh Eater Courts will see the Night Haunts as like, uh, like, like suffering people who need aid, basically. And so the, the Flesh Eater Courts will come in and be like, oh yeah, we're here to assist you. And the Night Haunts are like, cool, totally not going to slaughter you all at the end of this battle. And that's exactly what they do every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, so like the Flesh Eater Courts show up and they're like, yeah, we're here to help. And the Night Haunts are like, okay, so, cool. So I asked this in, to Jay in the store earlier today. Yeah, it was a really good question, actually. But... Would you prefer... Don't answer the question until I actually... Eh, to yeah, ask yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. question. Um, would you prefer Bretonians actually coming back into Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. or the Flesh Eater Courts being confirmed to be the Bretonians of the Old World? So, that is a very good question. My issue with it is this... Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say which one I prefer. I prefer the Bretonians being declared as the Flesh Eater Courts. Yeah. Yeah. Because bringing the Bretonians back as its own unique army, on one hand, lore-wise, it doesn't really make sense. No, because it completely no, breaks down lore. Yeah, because no individual... Uh, well, not, not to mention the fact that they had no like patron god to bring them into the into the uh, the mortal realms. They had a Lariel. Yeah. Yeah. The Lady of the Lake was the Everqueen. Yeah. But she has her elves, so like it's kind of different. Like she has her people, but they didn't have a like a a god that could be dedicated in this world that isn't already taken to bring them back into the into the new world. Um the other thing about it is that Age of Sigmar to a certain extent is played at a much higher level and for much higher stakes than the original Old World was. 
And so that's why we don't see like uh, the um, the Empire or the Tomb Kings or things like that. Like, because the Tomb Kings, Jay, you probably know a lot more about this than I do. Actually, I know you do. But the Tomb Kings, they were more of like a like each individual army was kind of its own thing. Like if you if you had if you were in service like one of the tomb kings that was like an army right 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 right, right. whereas and then they all fell under Cetra. exactly yeah so whereas the Bretonians it's kind of the same thing like each individual Bretonian army was kind of its own thing and then they could all come together to form the Bretonians but the the whole thing about like let's take the Stormcast for instance the Stormcast are supposed to be drawn from all of the mortal planes. And they operate. It's they are such a massive force that in order for the the mortals of order to be able to compare to them in size, they have to bind all of the cities that are loyal to Sigmar together into the armies of Sigmar in order to make a force of comparable size. So for me, it doesn't make sense from a lore perspective that the Bretonians would make a difference. So like, yeah, they could bring them back. I just realistically from a lore perspective. One faction coming back from Old World just isn't enough. Because they don't have enough oomph behind them to realistically make a difference when the stakes and the games that are played are so much larger. Yeah. Also, being the Flesh Eater Courts... Well, also, I think true cavalry-based armies are kind of just not fun to play. You just throw them in and... You'll... I don't know. I think, uh, think Philip's going to have a lot of fun with his dragon cavalry. Hell yeah. That's a different story. Oh, that's a different story. Uh, on Britonia, <laughs> real quick, they had uh, the Green Knight. You guys familiar with the Green Knight? I know of the, of the Arthurian with, legend, yeah, yes. With old Arthurian. So, and he, then Slambo remi- reminds me of a lot of the Green Knight. <laughs> so <laughs> the Green Knight in, in game, like he was a, a specter. He was a ghost. Hmm. It would have been really cool if they put him into Nighthaunt because, you know, he's a ghost. So he's going to get bound to... Nagash. Either Nagash or Olander. Mm. What my, what what I think would be really cool is if they did go ahead and declare that the Night Haunt or not the Night Haunt the Flesh Eater Courts. Thank you. Were if they went ahead and declared that yeah these are the Bretonians definitively because then we could get some really interesting lore as to how they got corrupted like that. Like when the world exploded, did Nagash end up like? Binding them to him as all those souls were dying because that's that's a very valid thing that Nagash would well, do. No, so there's the the Ghoul King, and he's the creator of all the Flesh Eater Courts. Okay, yeah, and we haven't we haven't covered Flesh Eater Courts yet, so I'm not very familiar with their lore. Okay, so I probably shouldn't get into it too much because it's a pretty deep rabbit hole. Uh, but essentially, there's the Ghoul King, and Nagash can't really stand him mm-hmm. because he can't ever catch him. Okay, every time he like puts him into a magical cage. He figures a way out and okay. goes because he's crazy. He's completely delirious. Like mm-hmm. he's the first stricken of the uh, the infliction. So yeah, may- it, there's a, a sordid history there. They so might have to that- rewrite. Re- they might have to rewrite the Bretonians or the not the Bretonians, the Flesh Eater Courts. Mm. But <laughs> the Ghoul King could be like Leon Lee Kerr. Mm. Or the other thing about That'd it be rad is, as fuck. Yeah. Or the other thing that they could say is, like, maybe the Flesh Eater, or the, the not the Flesh Eater King, the Ghoul King, maybe that was the Green Man. And that's how he survived, is that, you know, when the explosion when the explosion happened, like, he witnessed all of his people die, and, like, he became corrupted by 
Skaven warp bullshittery, and that's how he became afflicted with it. And then somehow he ended back up in a mortal body, or he found a way to possess like a dying body in the new world, and or in the eight realms, and like that's how he started off the uh, the flesh eater courts. Like that could be a real. Like I said, there's a lot of interesting ways they could bring the Bretonians into the new world to make them the flesh eater courts. Sure. And so I think that'd be really interesting because then we could also see some very interesting models for the flesh eater mm. courts that are more inspired by the, the old Bretonian. Yeah, exactly, like the old Bretonian line. Or Whoa. maybe we'll get to them. Mm-hmm. But maybe instead of like, yep. We will get to them. We will get to them. Yeah. We should probably get off this ta- this rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, real quick. Um, but, but, like, maybe instead of, um, like, zombie horses, maybe instead nowadays they ride, like... Um, Tiny zombie dragons? <laughs> or, yeah, like, something like that. Something that's, like... Or maybe, like, uh, like... I don't know what the equivalent is in Sigmar, but maybe, like, some kind of flesh-eating beast... That they think are their noble mounts, and so they deck a mount in like bone armor and things like that, because they think that they're they're riding a mount into battle, and that could be like their form of their new form of heavy cavalry. But anyway, they, they, they do. It's terrorgeists. Yeah. Yep, terrorgeists and zombie dragons. They view as uh, noble steeds. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am like almost completely unfamiliar with the flesh eater. That's courts. okay, because uh, when you guys do uh, cover flesh eater courts. Maybe we can have a fatal four-way, and I'd like to sit in on that one. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoy the lore behind Flesh Eater Chords. And then we can dive into all of our crackhead theories about Bretonians. Well, but anyway, moving on. Yep. Night Haunt. Go, go, go. Right. I, I think our next thing is processions. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the other big thing that happens um, before we get into that is that this, they, the Night Haunt processions defeat the Stormcast at the Siege of uh, Moor Lakes, and then they take back the Mausoleum Mountains. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to the processions, though. So this is the actual organization of the Night Haunts. So uh, all Night Haunt forces are assembled into processions, and they're usually led by... I'm going to totally forget what they're called now. Knights of Shroud. Thank you. Yeah. They're uh, usually led by Knights of Shroud, but they can be led by basically any notable character. Uh, but they're the Knights of Shroud like every notable character has their own procession yeah that's what I mean yeah Um, but usually a procession is the largest organization unless you're talking about Lady Olander who has her own procession but she is the Mortark of all of the processions she can lead all of them well there is a procession there's two actually Um, I don't remember the names doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because they come from Warhammer Underworlds which nobody yeah. cares about. No, yeah. I think it's a war bands. Oh yeah, yeah, they're probably not processions. Yeah, Lady Harrow's Mournflight and Thrones of the Brayer Queen. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are underworld war bands. Yeah. But yes, they are. I did not pronounce any of that correctly. But they are autonomous. Um, so they have one leader, and then one of them has like four chain rasps, and then the other one has some Mymorn banshees. Yeah. They don't have to be part of a greater procession. They go off and they do their own things individually. They're like the A team. The A team. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Or as the Night Hunt would say, <laughs> 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 
spooky Scooby Doo noises. <laughs> Scooby Doo would have a fucking conniption with this. <laughs> old man McGregor. Oh wait, no, old man McGregor is actually dead. He's that fucking destroying that's, us. That is my nickname for this army. Is just the Scooby Doo army. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when you're looking at the unit that has all the, the sheets covering their faces, it's it's one of the Banshee units, I think. My more Banshees, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're looking at the Banshee units, like, if you just look at them out of the corner of your eye, you look at them and you're like, okay, that is 100% somebody in a sheet. Like, bro, somebody called the Mystery Machine. <laughs> right. Um, to go into some of the notable processions, you had the Blood Mavens. These mm-hmm. are going to be... Technically, they are run by red-haired dried scythe heritons. Yes. Um, that's literally about all the information I have on that one. Um, mm-hmm. The Gloaming Host is led by a whole lot of Tomb Banshees, apparently. Mm. Um, and they are known from the Glittering Marsh. Yeah, they're from the Glittering Marsh. And they actually uh, have... Their design uh, shares a lot in common with the uh, the nature that surrounds the Glittering Marsh. Yeah. They have a very distinct appearance, basically. The, and then there's the Emerald Host, which is Lady Olander's personal army. Yes. And then you have Reikonor's Condemned. Um, or the Reikonor's, the Grim Hailer's personal army, which is the Wraith Wizard. I believe it's this person. You may correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this person was just about to figure out how to undeath people. Yeah. So Un- Undeath? Like, undead, like, so you got dead people in the, oh no, my wife died. No longer dead. Yeah. Like, not zombie, not vampire, but like, she warm again. She can comfort you in your bed again. Like, that, <laughs> and not, that, that, and that not type in of undead. Creepy way. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, if, so Harry Potter reference, this isn't, this isn't like the soul of, Re- or the stone of resurrection where like they come back, but it's just their spirit and like they torment you. No, he was about to figure out how to like actually bring the dead back to full life. Yeah. And he had so many students underneath them. And when he died and came back as a night haunt, he was forced to keep that conscious and murder all of his students. So his yeah. work just was lost. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Who, who deserves life anyway when you can serve in a gash? Exactly. But yeah, uh, Reikonor is was an extremely knowledgeable scholar and wizard. And yeah, Nagash took offense to that and was like, no, you don't get to have life anymore. Yep. And struck him down. Uh, one important fact about the Emerald Host, Lady Olander's personal army, it is comprised almost entirely of people who plotted against her in life. Yeah. So it is an army literally made <laughs> of people who hated her. Which is great. <laughs> Nagash playing Nagash things. Oh, oh, yeah. you hated her? How about you serve her? Yeah, Nagash's whole thing with the Mitch is rubbing his nipples right now. <laughs> <laughs> we do that a lot on this podcast. We just don't talk about it normally. We rub Mitch's nipples? Well, we usually it rub our very, own, but... It gets very know. awkward in here really quick. <laughs> wow. I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> I would certainly hope you are. Otherwise, it's going to get even more awkward. Quickly glance down. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Looks at all of us wearing blue jeans. Like, oh yes, like we totally. Excuse can't me, tell. I'm wearing khakis. Shut up! <laughs> but no. Um, going back to what we were talking about, though. Uh, so hierarchy of the night haunts. Obviously, at the top, Lady Olander herself. <laughs> she commands the uh, the night haunt. She is the Mortark of Grief, and then under her. Uh, there lie a directly, bunch. literally directly. Oh yeah, kind directly of under her second, second hand man. This is a um, 
the night haunt are very much of a not a patriarchy but a matriarchy matriarchy yeah. They, yeah. very much a matriarchy oh, but, yeah. uh, but you had the Kurdos Valent Valentian 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 yes oh. so uh, this is the Prince Craven King <laughs> it looks like Valentian to me or Valentian or Valentian that might be a Valentian anyway point is Kurdos the Craven King uh, so in life, he was kind of like Lady Olander. He schemed and plotted and backstabbed to get away the, his way to the top. Uh, he murdered his own brothers to try and get ahead in life. And his whole entire goal was to become king. He wanted to rule. That was his singular goal in life. And he was willing to sacrifice everything to get it. You know, but there was a catch to all this because he served... Sigmar. Because mm -hmm. I guarantee you if he did all of this under Nagash's name, Nagash, Nagash would have been like, shit. <laughs> and he gave me those souls? You go for it, buddy. Yeah, but, no. so he was a servant of Sigmar, and, which is kind of funny. Like, I'm kind of surprised Sigmar didn't, like, smite him. Uh, smite me, almighty oh smiter. <laughs> exactly. But no, so Kurdos, um, literally, as they are about to place the crown on his head for becoming king, Nagash goes, Heh, sure would be a shame if smite. And just kills him stone dead right there at his own coronation. And binds uh, Kurdos to his soul. And Kurdos, and again, he like condemns him to an eternity Excuse of suffering. Excuse me? They're called arcane bolts in the Age of Sigmar? Nobody gives a shit, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I give a shit. I give lots of shits. He can cast seven of them in like one turn. Nobody cares about your bullshit caster, Mitchell. Excuse you, but my dragon can't do it, and therefore your god is bullshit. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. God is bullshit. Well, one specifically. Hold up now. I like Sigmar. <laughs> Sigmar's pretty cool in my book, okay? And so, then, of course, Miss Thick Thighs herself. Like, nobody can be mad oh, at yeah. her. Oh, yeah. seen her thighs? Here, I'll grab the box real quick. So, Kurdos has a really cool rule. Like, look at that thigh. Oh, yeah, I, I painted that thigh. It's a beautiful thigh. <laughs> Very beautiful thigh. Mystic thigh for Saul. So, Kurdos, he has a cool rule in-game that translates to um, the lore, which is called, if, if I cannot rule, none shall rule. At the beginning of the turn, when your opponent would gain a command point for their leader being on the field, you roll a d6 on a 5-up, they lose the command point, and you gain a command point. Wow. Hey, so that's really detrimental so, against Gargants, too. Yeah, really. So I have a question, actually. Gargants don't need command points. They really don't. They don't need all, any of the help, so help, anything helps. <laughs> They're giant wizards. I mean, what do they need? So I actually have a question for you, then. Uh, and this is more of a tabletop rule um, scenario. So there's that if your warlord is off, or your general, rather, is off the field, um, you can declare one of your other characters and basically say, like, hey, you roll a die, and then I think it's on, like, a, a four-up. Mm -hmm. They can get two command points if their general's not on the field. Can you use that ability against them? Uh, it only says if their general is not on the battlefield. I don't know the specifics of it. What if you okay. made the Celestian Prime your general and kept it into the third round? You don't get command points. Yeah. That's that's why but, you generally don't but, do that. But it, we just stated if like the general is not on the battlefield. We didn't say if he's dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I need to play more. Yeah, we'll have to play more. Maybe maybe whenever you bring Metaslayers back, you can cover it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, folks. Whenever Metaslayers comes back, 
Maybe we'll see that rule looked at. <laughs> I, I need to get that channel going again. I got fired for it, for God's sakes. I need to play it. Or I need to do it. Out of spite. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, hey, if you need people who are knowledgeable about lore to talk about lore on Metaslayers for whatever reason, even though that has nothing to do with lore. Yeah, we don't we don't deal in lore too much. Mm. Um, anyway, back on topic, though. Uh, Kurdos was absolute scum. Uh, in life. And so in death, Nagash is like, haha, yeah, you're gonna get to be miserable for the rest of eternity now because you were such a massive piece of shit, but mostly because you worship Sigmar. <laughs> like, yeah, mainly Sigmar. Don't I think really the, I think the, the Sigmar's really pissed them off. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. more the Sigmar thing. Um, so then Kurdos uh, is cursed and ends up having to suffer for a really long time at the hands of Nagash, and then uh, the Necroquake happens, and the Nighthawk come back or not come back, but the Nighthawk rise up and Lady Olinor has made the Mortark of Grief. In order to kind of torment her even more, because, again, the whole thing about Nighthaunts is that it's really... This is really Nagash's, like, torture army. Like, there's there's the old joke about the Marines back in World War II, how they would, like, intentionally undersupply them so they were kept lean, mean fighting machines. And this is kind of what happens with the Nighthaunt. Nagash intentionally keeps them in eternal suffering, so when they fight, they release a truly disproportionate amount of anger and hatred at whoever they're fighting. Because this is like the one chance for them to try and kind of escape Nagash's hatred. That's pretty rad. Uh, so Kurdos is uh, engaged and betrothed to Lady Olinor. Olinder. Olinder, thank you. Uh, and just like how we were saying earlier, Lady Olander was trying to get out of a marriage, which is kind of what ended up leading to her death. It's a delightful double whammy. It is, because the other big thing about it is due to their marriage, the way that they're bound together, Kurdos is forced to obey Lady Olander's every single command and whim. He cannot go against her. She is the Mortark. And all he wanted to do in life was rule. So now he is forced. Not only can he not rule, he is sitting that close to it. <laughs> like, we were this close to greatness. And yet he can have none of the power unless Lady Olander grants it to him. What's funny is he he sulks like a little baby, too. Mm-hmm. He's on his floating throne with his heralds or whatever they are. Fun fact about I got something to say about those heralds. And uh, he, he doesn't speak. Like... He speaks in whispers and he barely moves unless there's a foe nearby or somebody that he actually has to talk to. But doesn't speak, doesn't move. He just sits there like a little baby. Um, I believe all the, also all those heralds are the people that like he kind of killed or he did wicked deeds to. Yeah. So, so they kind of no, sit the, there. The heralds aren't, but yes, he uh, the heralds actually de- decry all of his like decrepit nature in life. So what they do is they like all of his like. Uh, like the names that, like the the bad names that he got in life for doing all this really fucked up shit, uh, they cry out and like sing it to the world, and they actually scream it so loud that it can be heard across the battlefield about like all his horrible deeds and how he betrays everyone he's ever known and things like that. Even his own brothers were not safe from his ruthless ambition. Exactly, and so they'll call him like uh, like um, how, what do you call it whenever you murder your siblings? Uh, not patricide, not infanticide. I don't know. I don't ever think about always killing my siblings. I don't know what the name is about that. You have like a twin, dude. How do you not think about that? Like, if I had to live with someone like that that close for my entire life, I'd think about murder a lot. <laughs> What's rad is um, 
at the exact moment of Kuros's crowning is when Nagash struck him dead. Yeah. The exact moment. Mm-hmm. Almost there, almost there. Psych! You alive? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, and then, but he is forced to um, hear the voices. Like, the, the spirits of those he wronged in life are yeah. constantly surrounding him and haunting him. And they protect him. Yeah, that's from, really from funny space. thing. But it's not, it's not a, like, hey, we love you type of thing. It's to, like, and, like make sure... Prolong his suffering. Yeah. Because if he dies, then, like, well, he dies. But if the souls sacrifice themselves to keep him alive, he has to keep listening to them whispering in his ear and telling him how much of a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, an underneath her as well with some other because he's a, is another notable like lieutenant or a knight of the shroud um it's gonna be reckonor the grim hailer which is where he went over he's the guy who sat there and mm-hmm. almost figured out how to undeath people but yeah. nagash is like and no he's a good spellcaster if yeah. i recall yeah yeah no he's supposed to be a really good spellcaster yeah and part and this going back to earlier if the craven king is lady olinor's right hand man uh, this guy is her left hand. Like, this is her lieutenant that she sends out when she cannot be there herself. Yeah. Because the Craven King kind of has to stay with her at all times. Um, let's see here. All right, so uh, underneath the commanders, so underneath the named commanders that we have, uh, there are the... I'm going to forget what they were called. Help, the knights, the wronged knights. Knights of Shroud? Yeah, the Knights of Shroud. So... And this is really where you start to see the theme of the Night Haunts and how this is an army of tormented souls. Uh, so the Knights of Shroud are, if if you have a uh, procession that isn't led by a named character, it's led by a Knight of Shroud. Right. These were like generals and knights, leaders of men who in life betrayed their own forces for Whatever some reason, reason or another. Yeah. Uh, whether it be for personal gain or to try and get an act of mercy from their opponent, whatever. These people betrayed their... Uh, their kin, or the the men who served under them, rather. So now they are cursed by Nagash to always lead his armies, and they cannot run. They must lead. They must fight for him, and they do not get to. Uh, they do not get to rest. Yeah, no reprieve. Mm-hmm. And they're forced to rel- relive that moment that they betrayed him, and they're forced to always doubt themselves. Yeah, and that's how they're cursed for and the basically people all who of typically eternity. surround them are gonna be uh, it's Lord Executioners, isn't it? Um, no, Blade Guys Revenants. That's because right. these are their like these were their knights that sat there and did nothing about their betrayal. Like, yeah. the, the, their betrayal. Yeah, so like they kind of sat there and looked and went. I mean, technically, I'm employed by him. I can't really say anything. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, whenever... So, basically, the way that you end up with these people is, like... Let's say a general is like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice a bunch of my men so me and my, like, good friends can get out of here alive. So, the general would be turned into an, a... Um, Knight of Shroud. Thank you, Knight of Shroud. I always want to say Knight of Sorrow, and I know that's not right. Knight of Shroud. Just get it right. I know, right? <laughs> You have your strokes. I can't get names right. Like, we all have a shtick here. I mean, no, I, I still don't get names right either. That's uh, fair. But no, uh, Knight of Shroud. Uh, that's what the general gets turned into. Like, his aides and lieutenants and sergeants who just stood by and let this happen or aided him in it happening, they're the ones who end up becoming the uh, Blade Geist Revenants. No. Maybe. Right? Isn't that what we just said? Blade Gas Revenants 
are spirits of mortals who met a particularly painful death, such as being oh. drowned or buried alive. That's right. Okay, sorry. So what, what was am I thinking of then? I thought it was Blade Guys Revenants. Sure, uh, it's not. Uh, Grim Gas Reapers? It could have been Grim Gas Reapers. Yep, no, it's Grim yeah, Gas Reapers. Grim Gas Reapers, sorry. Go. Yes, no. Grim Gas Reapers and Knights of Shroud. Those those two go hand in hand together. Um and then uh Chain Rasp and Chain Chain Grass Gas. Chain, there's literally only one difference. Yeah. Chain ghasts are criminals that were in chains but sat there and prayed to another god other than Nagash for release. Stupid. Well, Chain Rasp just sat there and died. Yep. Also stupid. <laughs> yeah, and so these are two of the most That's what common. you get, stupids. <laughs> don't commit crime or don't, just don't get caught. Don't yeah, get... just don't end up in chains. Like, I don't <laughs> see what the issue is here. Yeah. Just pray to Nagash, always, and don't end up in chains. And, like, you're fine. In fact, kill for Nagash. Yeah, like, send him souls. So, like, when you die, he's like, hey, you, you, you pretty cool. I'm going to make you undead now. <laughs> There's a really cool chain rasp model out of the Warhammer Underworlds uh, warband that he's perpetually hanging by his neck. Like, oh, like he's hanging himself? No, no, no. He, he got hung. Oh, okay. But it's... uh. The noose is still there. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's a dope model. Gosh. Yeah, so, uh, but Chain Rasp Hordes and Chain Gas. There's lore on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, all, all, of the all of the models in the war bands, like, they all have individual lore on them. Uh, We're kind of looking at my computer screen at the moment. Yeah, I think it's in the other one. Yeah, it's in the other one. Um, Ladu's Harrow. No, that's oh, not. Oh, no. It would be in this one, so... No, no, it's not her. Oh, there it is. I see it. Go back. It's the middle one. Middle? This ever, one? ever hanged. Oh, oh yeah, yeah uh, of course. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, yeah, that's model. really cool. Okay, so, like, just to give y'all an idea, it's it's a, um... It's a standard, uh, chain rasp. But he's in, like, a black, like, executioner's hood. Uh, so, like, he can't see what's going on. And then he's got... His neck is off at an angle with a noose tied around him going up. It looks almost like he's still being hung from the neck. It's actually a really cool model. Man, that looks really good. Yeah. So, yeah, what is this called? The, the Everhanged? Ever yeah, so if, if y'all want to go look this up, it's called the Everhanged. It's a really cool model. Yeah. Yeah, so Chain Rasps and Chain Ghasts are basically the two, like, these are the most common units in terms of lore. Yeah. Like, if you're going to fight a Nighthaunt army, you're going to be fighting a lot of these. And guys. these are typically led by spirit torments. And they just kind of yeah. hold a lantern and they just go, hey, follow me. I'm going to mm. lead you to the things that you need to go kill. Yep. I.e., here's plus four bravery. Yeah. Uh, Is that really how it works? Yeah, they have... Uh, they, <laughs> They normally have bravery six that makes them bravery ten. Jesus. How do dead people not have good bravery? They do. Just for some reason this unit doesn't. Oh. Yeah, I think... I, yeah, I don't know. Bravery is weird when you look at like undead and things like that. Because it doesn't translate well to how it sounds in lore. Because in lore, you hear about, you know, oh, the undead who were forced to serve Nagash's will. So you're like, okay, so like... They basically should never be able to break, right? Like, they can't fail bravery. Well, Total War does this really well where it sits there and they just start to crumble. Like, yeah, that's that's really more what I think about. Is that's it, an old rule, the crumbling. 
Oh, really? really? Yeah, so if you didn't have any undead generals on the battlefield, um, you had like a forced decay rate, essentially. Um, and it was called the crumbling. Huh. Oh. Yeah, I think I think really that's what... That's pretty neat. Uh, not if you were an undead player. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Like, but particularly I, vampire counts. I, that was ooh. what it really hurt because you put so much into your vampire lord to have him die, and then the rest of your army just starts to fall apart because you don't have any other leaders because you sank all of your points into... Uh, a single vampire. A single vampire, yeah. Now, that one vampire could go toe-to-toe with a, a bloodthirster. Jesus. But, yeah. Now yeah, see, I the paint panties, because apparently, like, Isabel <laughs> on Carstains that they Yeah, but that was panties. a fine cast model, so you had to put a lot of work into that. Yeah. What a piece of shit. <laughs> I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Dude, fine cast. So we actually know a guy who uh, painted up a model for Mitchell. Your... Um, no, 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 sorry. No, he painted up Jacob's model. Uh... So Jacob commissioned this guy to build and paint... Uh, Adrex? No, not Adrex. The other big one. Uh, Vulcan. Vulcanistan. Yeah. He commissioned them to paint Vulcanistan. Vulcan... And this is a 40K model. Uh, Vulcanistan is fine cast. And so fine cast is known for having a bunch of those like micro bubbles and shit like that that you have to fill in if you want it to look good. And so this guy starts working on it. And we don't hear from him for like three or four months... And, like, we call him up one day, and we're like, hey, how, how's it going over there? And he is like, I've literally had to spend two months filling in this goddamn model, and it's fucking micro-bubbles. I am never doing fine cast again. Like, I've already taken your money, so I'm gonna build it and paint it for you. I'm gonna make it look nice, because he, he paid a decent chunk for it. Uh, but, yeah, I am never doing fine cast again. Fuck this shit. My painting commission queue is open. I need to find some work. <laughs> We need to paint some stuff. How do you feel about painting a Stormcast Eternal? I feel great about it. Because I need to get myself some prime painted. Oh, cool. Yeah, I can do that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later, though. Um, back to what we were talking about, though. Uh, another common kind of leader unit to see on the battlefield is Guardian of Souls. So, Guardians of Souls were necromancers in life. And they would raise the dead and bind them to him, bind the. They would raise the dead and bind the dead to themselves in life. It isn't in order to try and escape death themselves. Right. And since they were trying to escape death, of course, when they ultimately die, because no one escapes Nagash, Nagash is like, oh, you wanted to escape death? Cool. I am now going to force you to lead the dead. Hey, you're not dead, but now you have to serve my will. Yeah, so, you go to Nagash. You either follow the glory to death or the lady of thighs. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, that's... Guardians of Death is basically they they on tabletop and in lore they are wizards and that's basically what they do is they they ro- they roll around the battlefield um, casting death magic and healing their own units. Uh, I think a big thing they do is they help bring back well heal basically uh, night haunt units. I think yeah. that's a big aspect. Which ones? The Guardian of Souls. What do they do in game? That's hey. Gadian. That's not a word. Uh, you can make it a word. I would rather not. All words were made up at one point. Exactly. Look at um, what yeet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like Jacob's favorite word. 
He I mean, did and yoded and all kinds of stuff in the last episode. Yate, yote. Um, or in the Latin, yetus, fetus, deletus. Spectral Lure. Spectral Lure has a casting value 6. If successfully cast, pick a friendly summonable Night Haunt unit wholly within 24 inches of the caster. You can either heal d6 wounds that have been allocated to that unit, or if no uh, wounds have been allocated to the unit, you can return a number of slain models equal to the combined wounds characteristic of d6. Okay, so reanimation. Yeah, yeah, so very necromatic. Yeah. A guardian of souls keeps vigil over the dead whilst driving those around them to the heights of malice. When one of these sorcerous specters goes to war, hundreds of the living dead are drawn to their lantern's flame from leagues around. I love how this man can read out loud, and I just can't. Well, it starts with knowing how to read. Yeah, you see, I'm an Aggie. I didn't have to read in college. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, he's an Aggie. He, like... He got a degree, but, like, I, I can, don't know how he got it. <laughs> I can read maps. Hey. But that's about it. <laughs> got to know where you've been to know where you're going or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah, too, too bad Too bad he still has no idea, like, the map to actual life itself. Like, he knows where he's going, but he has no idea what he's doing. I don't know. He just got a promotion-ish. Promotion? Yeah, he got a new job. Yeah. Yeah. It's a better job. The much better job. It's actually the career field I want to be and also, you know, city retirement. Hey, yo. At the age of 50 or something like that. Yeah, well, now you're going to be able to claim both city retirement and county retirement. So, I think I could take the retirement out of it. Completely side rally here. I think I could take the money that the county took away from me, leave $10 in there, and put it someplace else, or take it and just They're be like... probably going to tax that because you're pulling yeah, it out did. early. I would, honestly, I would just leave it. And then, like, come back to a county employment at some point in time and just get vested. Well, let's see. That was $300 a month for six months. Um, I could take that and... No, that's only $1,800. I, I, honestly, if I were you, I would just leave it and then just come back to county employment at something. Like, retire from the city, come back to a county. Pull it and buy AMC stock. <laughs> mm, I was thinking about putting in a down payment on a car. <laughs> I need a new car. Yeah, uh, me too. that's pretty fair. That's part of the reason why I need to pick up some painting commissions. Because mm. I need to buy a car. Bad. Yeah. My car's going bye-bye soon. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's I'm, not good. Well, I'm borrowing it from Eve. Oh, yeah. So And she wants it back. Which, it's her car, so what am I going to say? <laughs> no! No, I'm fucking putting a gash in here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take it. You can't take it. No, I've been putting gas in it for the past, like, two months. You can't take it from me. I'm vested in it now. <laughs> so, any who's Anyway, else? sorry, we're getting really off topic. Black here. coaches? Black coaches are rad. So, in the back of a black coach is a vampire who's all fucked up. Or is he? It actually ranges between, like, near crumbling to death mm. or vivacious and... No, that, that just too lazy. Living. Just too lazy to roll out of bed, basically. But it's drawn by nightmare steeds, which Ooh. is really cool. And then it also has—I uh, think it's got spirit hosts with it. That one. It's also sense. a really cool model. I think it was one of the coolest models that game worked. The Night Hunt, in my opinion, is one of the coolest armies, looking armies. So about that, there's actually oh, two shit. black coaches. There is an older model. Yeah. And then there's the newer model. There's a Legion Black Coach, then there's a Black Coach, right? Yeah, so the Legion Black Coach you can't use with Night Haunt, technically speaking. It has two different profiles. 
and uh, it's two different models. What? So, oh, there it is, the yeah. Legion Black Coach. That's the one that you're supposed to use. So the older model is supposed to be the one that you use with Nighthaunt, and it has a separate profile from uh, what I understand, unless they finally got off their lazy asses and merged them. Um, they had two different profiles. Oh. Well, the new Black Coach looks absolutely amazing. Oh, it's epic. It's a, it's $110 of worth it. Yeah. Um, I need to get one myself. I only have the old one, and it's still in parts and pieces because it was what? Finecast. Oof. Yeah. Fine I whispered Finecast if you didn't pick that up. Yeah, no. Finecast sucks. Do we need to have like a building day at your house one of these days and just build all everything that you have unbuilt? It would take more than a building day. Building month. <laughs> call it a few building parties. <laughs> Some building parties, yeah. I mean, I'm down. I, fuck, I hate building, so. Hey, that's like my favorite part of the hobby. I'm just paint a couple of models. Just, just look at my like, a lot. <laughs> I've been paying Aaron to build models for me. Oh, wow. Hey, you paint my models, I'll build your models. I was burned by that setup before, so thank you, no thank you. I understand. Yeah. I had an entire Eldar army just take flight on me. Because he was building it and then moved. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was about 2,000 points of uh, the... Craftworld? Yeah, it was Craftworld Eldar. Um, hey, he didn't go break his knees? What? Did, I can't find him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are... Jet bikes. It was 2,000 points of jet bikes. Oh. Yeah, it was So expensive. this wasn't like one army. This was like a part of an army. Yeah, and it was then, an expensive, oh, sucked. expensive army to just yeah. leave. So Jesus. I'm not doing that setup again. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would um, break his knees if I could find him. Yeah, I think I would All too. All I say is I could build them at your house. <laughs> or build them in the shop and not here. But... Wow, tangents today. Oh, yeah, no. Ah, this is like half of what we do normally anyway. Also, the Night Hunt don't have a huge amount of lore, so like dragging this out kind of helps. Uh, because people basically, love to listen to us tangent. Yeah, I mean, well, we've discussed finances. We've discussed auto. Retirement plans. Retirement plans. Um, I mean, I can talk about Sawyering if you want. No, we don't. Oh, so, about no, no, no. Okay, so there's like there was <laughs> no, a new biologist can't. at work today, and she's pretty cute. Oh, okay, okay, I'll accept that. Get them digits, yo. Yeah. Okay. No. Um. Back on topic, though. Uh. So we talked about chain gas. We talked about chain rasps. We talked about spirit torments. Right. Dreadblade horrors is our next thing. Yes, Ooh. dreadblade horrors. I love these. Oh my so god, much these guys. <laughs> I hate the models. Oh yeah, they're so nope. spindly, but the lore is so badass. The reason I hate the models is because they remind me too much of uh, Tyranids with oh. the scything talons. Yeah. So. Really? Yeah, they. What? Dreadblade Horrors. Oh, I was thinking Dread Scythe Hyrodins. Yeah. I'm way off. I thought yeah, you loved you, them. You said Tyranids, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> no, I love those models. I don't like the Dread Scythe models. I love the lore on Dread Scythe. We'll get to the Dread Scythe in a bit. Yes. Um, but Dreadblade Horrors are actually a cavalry unit. Well, we, we already covered the lore. They're the guys. They're the sergeants and the captains of the generals who betrayed That's, and, yeah, the Knights yeah. of Shroud. What's <laughs> weird is they are a lieutenant, essentially. So they are an HQ. Oh, oh okay. Really? But they come in boxes of two for some reason. They are not a unit. 
they come huh. as singletons on the battlefield. Neato. So the, they're like you. They're like lieutenants in that, like theoretically, or they come together in boxes. But it's like well, that no, thousand sun boyfriend rule, where you can oh, bring yeah, yeah, yeah. one um, exalted sorcerer and you can bring another one without taking the slot. Yeah. No, that's not. How yeah, it no, that's. Works, but let that's me believe. <laughs> okay, I'll let you believe. <laughs> no, he just wanted to talk about his boyfriend rule. Um, no, I mean but lieutenant, space marine lieutenants do the exact. They same do the thing. same thing. No, but we're, what we're talking about for the dreadblades is that they come in a box of two, but they you can't do that with them. Right. They own. They have to stay by themselves. But yeah, they're um, the really cool part I like about their lore is that so the whole point is that these were guys who stood by and did nothing while their allies were betrayed. Uh, so in lore, whenever they die, they're cursed to be some of the most ephemeral um, forces that the Night Haunt have. So they barely exist outside of uh, the underworld. And they flicker in and out of reality. So it's almost impossible to harm them because they basically don't exist until their blade is cutting your head off. That's cool. And that's actually reflected in their models as well. I would like to at least have a chance to hit something before I die. <laughs> oh, sorry. As a Nighthaunt player, that's cool. There you go. <laughs> as a everyone else player, that's... That sucks. That sucks. That's not fair. Uh, but yeah, and so like their models, uh, one, of the, one of the two models that they have for these, it's actually a horse that the back half of it is like disappearing into wisps of, of like ether. And yes. it looks really cool. Yeah. And the next one, Hex Race are like the worst lore. They used to be knights and they still have their steed. Yay. That's it. Yep. 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 Yeah, Hex Race are like, they're basically just like, oh yeah, they're knights. They died. Nagash took their souls. Bretonia. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like, whoop, they're knights. Okay, whatever. Moving on. Now we can go cover Grimgrass Reapers, which are hella cooler because they were knights. Or no, they, no, no, I'm thinking of the wrong one. Um, no, you're thinking of Glaive Wraith Stalkers. Yeah. Yes. Dude, Which, Glaive Wraith Stalkers are fucking cool. Now, those, they used to be... Um, they were hunters, weren't they? Mounted hunters. Yes. Yeah. And when they died, they are in... Was like the horse died with them? Or like they brought they were brought back with the spirits of their horse? Yeah, they were fused. Ah, yes. Yeah, so these, if... Uh, Fused? A lot of times whenever I thought of... Ha! Whoopsh! <laughs> I, when I first saw these, I thought they were like ghost skaven. Yeah, that's what I thought too, because their heads are like very like horse-like almost or rat-like. But they're, they're so there was a unit that existed that were ghost skaven. They broke into one of Nagash's citadels. I don't know what the hell happened to them though. Um, they they were a thing in the lore, and then didn't make it to the tabletop, I guess. Huh. Yeah. In any yeah, event. Anyway. Uh, Glaive Wraith Stalkers, return spirits of agile mounted hunters brought back as one with their steed. With a lifetime of experience as well as an inherited hatred of life that comes with being a night hunt, they are peerless hunters. They have a really good rule. When they charge, they get to reroll failed to hit rolls. Wow, that's powerful. When you take a drummer with them, which is a free upgrade because mm. Sigmar, you can retreat and charge in the same turn. So essentially, this Jesus. is this is the backbone of my army. Besides uh, Lady Olander, um, she's the backbone. These are the vertebrae. I don't know, <laughs> but the muscle she, on the backbone. She is the capstone. They are the pillar. So you charge in, 
and you're essentially just looking for the 10 plus mm -hmm. because you still charge that turn. Yeah. So you get to immediately attack in combat. You get all the free rerolls. Yeah, because that's like a nightmare. Then you attack ride. again. Yeah. Get all the free oh, rerolls. And then you retreat out. And the next turn, you're fishing for 10s. Charge in. Get all the free rerolls. It, it's sick. It's, it's, a, it's a cool, cool unit. Um, there's a lullaby from the underworld of Lyria. The Glaive Wraith, it comes for you. It follows you about. There's no escape from what it will do. Old bones have found you out. That's rad. Mm -hmm. And the really cool thing about that is uh, back when we were covering Nagash, we discussed that he, uh, one of his alternate names is Old Bones. Old Bones. Rattle me bones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Glavery Stalkers, they're just such a cool-looking model. Their lore is really interesting. And honestly, like, if I was going to paint up some Glaive Wraiths, I'd probably get um, some, like a, like a mud texture, like mm -hmm. one of the mud technicals from uh, Citadel. Yeah. And what I'd do is I'd actually paint their, um, or may maybe not some mud texture, maybe some more, like, moss stuff from mm -hmm. Army Painter. And I'd actually make it look like their shroud that they have was moss. Like, that's what I would do, because, like, they're hunters, so they stalk through the, the night. And so I'd get, like, some moss-looking moss texture and put it on there, and then I'd paint it, uh, like, a highlight with, like, some, uh, maybe, like, that, uh, the, oh, the, the hex flame technical. Hex wraith theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do that and make it look like spooky, scary, ghosty moss. That would be weird. It would be weird, but I think it would look really cool. I think I have an extra one you can test it out on. Oh, I might have to do that. Then. I got some as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, right, because you have the, I, the box, yeah. I had the starter box. Test it out. Yeah, I'll um, have to give that a try, because I think that would look really cool. Um, back um, up next is Karen Wraiths. Yes. Karen Wraiths. Karen Wraiths. Yeah, it's very spooky, scary Florida girls. Florida moms, <laughs> I guess. Florida girls. Something grandmas? like that. Oh, so we kind of touched on them earlier. Yeah. So Karen Wraiths have been around <laughs> we kinda for... We kind of touched on Karen earlier. <laughs> <laughs> They've been around for a very long time. These creatures mostly inhabited uh, tombs and cairns, hence their name. Uh... But they would basically run around with these scythes and kill anyone who came onto their territory. They got too. They were too angry to die mm. because they never got to speak to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That was a bad one. <laughs> but yeah, so these were a lot of times. These were generated by um, high concentrations of amethyst magic. And so they would rise from the dead. And these are some of the most singularly potent uh, units that the Night Haunts have to offer. They're very strong. Mm -hmm. Well, um, lore-wise, they're some of the singularly Oh, no, no, no. I'm here. talking about in the lore. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're very strong. Yeah. Also, they are um, typically bound to vampires. Yeah. Well, they, they can necromancers. be. necromancers. Yeah. Uh, vampires and necromancers, if they found a Karen Wraith, that was like a primo... Uh, unit to bind to your service because they are so such potent warriors and they also make pretty decent assassins too if that's what you're going for because as we were saying earlier their touch drains the life of mortals and their presence is so fell that many a mortal is driven mad with fear before they even get close enough to be touched so i don't honestly like hey karen wraith when it comes to like the idea of their power, all I imagine is like the Grim Reaper. Yeah, this is very much, whenever I read this, it's very much inspired by like Grim Reaper uh, tales and lore. 
And all I can think of is the Grim Reaper from Family Guy. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure it's not Billy and May? <laughs> yeah. Grand Adventure? Oh. <laughs> Listen, brother. <laughs> Creation. Some of the on- uh, only some of the sickest sadistic and twisted souls can descend in the underworld and rena- remain intact. Will s- many simply devolve into echoes themselves? The most spiteful mass of murderers are stripped of all emotion, but their unending hatred. As such, they cling onto existence, becoming specters that delight in hacking down the living. That is a Karen Wraith. Yeah, so these guys, like I said, they were mass murderers. These these people killed dozens, if not hundreds of people in life. And not like, Very oh, sadistic. these were... Yeah, these, yeah, this isn't like, oh, I was like a war worshippers. Well, th- yeah, 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 but not like the oh yeah, I fight you and like I kill you kind of thing. These are guys who were like slit, like slide the knife in the back, poison the wine, like throw a dead body in the well and poison the well for everybody. Um, share smallpox blankets with the elderly. Like these guys, they didn't care how it was done. They just wanted death, and like they did not care who died or how many or how it was done. They, yeah, no, these guys are fucked up. I noticed both of your brandy glasses are empty. Do you guys want to take a quick break? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. All right. Quick break for alcohol. And look at that. We're back. We're back. Through the magic of editing, our 10-minute break took two seconds. There was no editing. I just pressed stop and record again. Shut up. Make it sound official. (laughs) All right. uh, So moving on with the units, we're now up to the Grimgast Reapers. I thought that was a lemonade for a second. Oh, yes. My green-tinged lemonade. If anything, it'd be a limeade. No, for those of you who are curious, I'm drinking absinthe. We're true, true class here. Oh yeah, only the uh, finest of green fairies to ride. Marilyn Manson really likes absinthe. Yeah, really, um, really, really. He like paints with it and shit. Bathes with it? Paint. Paint. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, one of my favorite mixed drinks is a um, Sazerac. Which is brandy, couple of bitters, and you wash the glass with absinthe. You're supposed to pour it out. I never pour it out. I think the brandy and the absinthe somehow actually go pretty well together. I'm going on a tangent. We're going to move on. Yeah. Grim Gas Reapers. <laughs> <laughs> so sell me on Grim Gas Reapers. What makes them so cool? They used to be politicians. <laughs> so first of all, politicians are finally getting their due. <laughs> okay. Are you sold yet? <laughs> I'm. You got me. <laughs> Do they so, still lie through their fucking teeth? Um, well, I don't think they can speak because I don't think half of them have jaws. So, okay. but there's no like planning with them; they just kill indiscriminately. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, Grimgast Reapers were scheming politicians, uh, arch plotters, and cool and collected killers, cursed to now kill indiscriminately. Uh, so, yeah, these spirits are wild and enraged. Uh, they've basically been stripped of their higher thoughts. And made to exist purely as just base, almost animals. They're they're just they're people who have been reduced down to just pure killing instinct. And that is all they do, and they do it well. And that's basically the whole entire war of <laughs> gas reapers. There's not much to them. Yeah. They kill. That's kind of their shtick. Now, now moving on to Lord Execu- Executioners, because we're really just covering every single unit when it comes to Nihon at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad thing. No. It's really not. No. Um, Lord- do, this isn't like the Stormcast Eternal where it's like we had to cover 30 gajillion fucking Sigmar whatchamadoolies. 
Yeah. God, that was so annoying. We did our full Sigmar Stormcast Eternals one. We didn't go through every single unit. No, because there's like, God, there's so many units. Just covering the different chambers and like orders was already a massive bit of to- chunk of we time. We could do Sigmarines. Like, we could do we could later. do a whole nother episode just on Sigmarines. I feel like, like every time we say Sigmarines, Jay dies a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Those eyes say yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough about the Stormcast Eternals. <laughs> it's totally not like we named our podcast after them. <laughs> yeah. All um, right. Uh, <laughs> Moving on before Jay murders us. So yeah, before no, I go, Lord Executioner. So Lord Executioner's are there. I, it's true. I won't. No, he'll just deny us from entering the shop anymore, and then we'll have to drive all the way to Brian to get. No, I'll crack. still take your money. You just can't come and hang out. Oh, oh no, that's even worse. <laughs> what we're we gonna do? Stay at home. <laughs> sucks to be sucky. Um, <laughs> but yes, Lord Executioner's. Sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> that's okay. They. Uh, hunt down people that escaped undeath. Yes. Also, um, what's really interesting about them is that they were executioners in their own life. Yes. But they sat there, and if they were like too content or they were really greedy, it's like, oh, I can't wait for my next kill. I'm going to chop off their head. I'm going to pull this yeah, lever. They took too much joy from their job, basically. They took joy in the act of killing. And even though it was lawful, um, well, supposedly it was lawful. Uh, Nagash is basically like, you took too much joy in this, so now you're cursed to do it for the rest of eternity. And they're followed by the spirits of the un- of their unjust killings. Yep. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of times you'll see Lord Executioners surrounded by spirit hosts. I got one painted up because David gave it to me because it's the only last model of his Nighthawn army he couldn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, next... I, do, do we get to cover the cool unit now? You want to? You want next are spirit hosts. Spirit hosts. I love spirit hosts. Oh yeah. Not the cool unit yet, but we're no. getting there. No, no spirit, next hosts are, spirit hosts are a really cool unit. No, they're yeah. definitely the most common form of malignant. Yeah, this is so. Like we were saying earlier, malignant is any undead. So uh, night haunt as well. Yeah, so this includes the night haunt, but the spirit hosts. Uh, whereas the like chain ghasts and whatnot were some of the most common night haunts, spirit hosts are just universally common because they appear all over the place. They were prevalent even before the Necroquake. Yes. Um. Um. They're mo- they were they were most commonly seen on battle sites. Yeah. These were basically the spirits of soldiers who died with regrets or they st- or they wanted to get revenge against the person who killed them, things like that. Just like, if you didn't die peacefully in your bed, there's a pretty good chance you were going to turn into a spirit host. I mean, they're like the OG malignants, though. Yeah, they really are. I think they were some of the very first ghost models ever. Yeah, and their Nagash has a whole lot of malignants that are flying around them, I think. All the time. Yeah. yeah all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, rides them and stuff. Yeah. Good spirit host, but yeah. Um, also, six attacks. Really? Really. Six attacks, and on sixes to hit, inflicts a mortal wound, and you don't roll the wound. But what's their normal to hit? Five. Oh, As okay. The, so you, you got a 50 50 shot. You're, you're fishing for sixes. Yeah. No, not 50 50. That's a. Well, no, if, you're gonna, if, if you hit, you have a 50% chance to generate Oh, yeah. Well, that's the one issue is you only got a 33% chance to hit. Yeah. Yeah, but six well, attacks. Hey, 
So yeah, six attacks. Yeah, with six you, attacks, you're guaranteed you're on to average, hit twice. One mortal wound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're averaging one mortal wound, and, and then... if you roll like me, two mortal wounds. <laughs> Unless Fuck you're off. rolling for spells, and you get no mortal wounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me, who, like, I'm, I'm never hitting with these guys. Maybe once. Maybe. But no mortal wounds. I but, just... I mean, you take a unit of three, which is the minimum size, you get 18 attacks there. So three God, that's so many. On average, that's mm-hmm. going to be pretty decent. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. Especially because, you know, they have their 50-50 save. They have... I think they have three wounds apiece. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Three or four. Um, yeah. Moving on. Um, what the shrieker host category, which is going to be our um, they're protected with um enemy magic by the Miramorn. Mermorn. 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 Um, the tomb banshee leads her sisters in the battle, and she unleashes her whale doom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to go to the. In our opinion, the coolest unit out of the entire Night Haunts. Because of their is, backstory. Oh, yeah, their lore is so fucked up. Other than Nagash, because Nagash is awesome, always. Okay. Nagash is a giant, like, bitch, so, like, I don't know what you're talking about there. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to fight? <laughs> you want to throw hands? I'll fucking go, man. Let's go. The Dried Scythe Herodons. Dread. 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 Dread Scythe. Dread, Dread Scythe. Yeah. So they're pretty rad. They were healers and medics and doctors that, uh, you know, Nagash doesn't like people that preserve life. So when they die or when he kills them, whichever, he takes away their fucking hands so that they can't heal anybody and replaces them with scythes. Looks so cool. Um, Because, you know. Look at Fuck that. you and your healing. <laughs> Fuck you and your healing. Looks so cool. It looks a lot like a gene stealer, but yes, I, I see what you mean now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that does look a lot. Oh god. That must be such a pain in the ass to put together. Uh no, their their contact points are decent. Oh that's um, good. they're kinda like rounded with like a slot to, to oh, sink okay. the, the scythe into. Yeah, gotcha. they're not that bad. Um But yeah, these are some when of When they died, their healing hands were replaced by size. And they were driven into an enraged bloodlust. This, however, was not the worst part. They were bound with the Herodon curse, meaning that they were fully aware of what they were doing, but unable to stop themselves. Yeah, so these are people who basically, because they tried to preserve life, Nagash has cursed them for all of eternity to do nothing but kill and be aware that they're doing it. It's like when I um, try to lose weight and I go get boba tea. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing is wrong. But I can't stop myself. <laughs> Bruh, that's why I've embraced my beer gut. Like, also three taking. attacks apiece. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Let's see. What's their two hit in rend? Uh, four to hit, three to wound, rend one. one hey, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models with bravery characteristic of less than seven. So chaff units are not good at taking these guys out. Poor, I mean, I would imagine so. Poor gloom spike gets. Uh, and then they have exploding sixes. Hey. Ooh, not bad when you have uh, three attacks apiece. So I was actually going to ask you this. What? Okay, so Stormcast. This is a little off topic, but kind of on topic. Um, Stormcast have a bunch of different weapon options for a lot of their different units. Uh, a lot of times you'll have a choice between a weapon that uh, has exploding sixes or that can, or that on a six up, uh, do you, converts their damage into mortal wounds. Like statistically speaking, which one's better on tabletop? 
Or does it um, depend? More dice rolls forced onto your opponent is typically more better. Mm-hmm. So exploding sixes is usually better because you can typically combo that with something else. Like if it's re-rolls to hit and it's mm-hmm. exploding sixes on hits, then you get more opportunities to roll more sixes. Okay. So that's usually better because armor saves in uh, Age of Sigmar, they're not they're not glorious. You don't see a lot of two-ups. Yeah. You know, you, on average, you see fours. I think the only two-up that I really know about is Kragnos at the moment. Uh, Annihilators and then some of the... Pa- or, uh, there's a couple of Paladin units in the Stormcast list that oh, get two-ups. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they're out there, but they're, they're very not common. infrequent. Yeah. You know? It's not like Space Marines where every Terminator gets a two-up. Yeah. Um, Mirmorn Banshees? They're pretty rad. So they don't, they can't see through their veil. Or, uh, I said it wrong again, but we're going to ignore that. <laughs> Mirmorn Banshees. Did I actually say it Yeah, right? you actually said it right. Yeah. You did it. This requires a, um, a gift to myself and Brandy. <laughs> Here, have so, some absinthe to go with uh, <laughs> Wash it down. <laughs> they can't see. Uh, they have an ethereal sight, which um, think Daredevil, his sonar, but for magic. Okay. So they're, they hunt mages. That's what they do best. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they do best in lore, but I just know well, in-game. In uh, in lore, that's, that's what they do is they hunt down mages. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Perfect. So, so it actually matches up with the game. Because yeah, so they had an obsession do... in greed for magic. Yeah, so... Uh, Awesome. Uh, Miramorn Banshees specifically were women who craved magical power. Like, whether they were just, like, minor casters who wanted to be better, or these were women who didn't have magic and who wanted to become magicians. Sure. Uh, or wizards. Uh, so whenever they died, their greed for magic uh, drove them to always seek it out. Which is why they have that sight that lets them hone in on wizards. Because then what they do is they, they find the wizards and they slaughter them to try and consume their magic. But <clears throat> and this really does actually back? work. Like it glows them, it, it it makes them glow. It does empower them to a certain extent, consuming a wizard's magic. However, when they do it, uh, it causes them extreme agony. So whenever they and I'd be willing to bet there's it, that converts into a rule on tabletop. But whenever they consume the magic of a wizard, it empowers them. But it drives them to such intense agony that they are. That they have to cry out in pain, which is what makes them banshees. Now, there's actually some notable banshees called the Anguish One, the Screaming Maiden, the Widow Cathia. I think that's, I think that's from the uh, one of the uh, War Cry. Yeah, and bands. Lady Harrow. Yeah, that's that's the that's Harrow. the war band. Yeah, there's actually Harrow. decent. So um, hmm. we're not going to go into them, but if you want to look into them, they're pretty, they're pretty neat. cool. Um, I use them as a distraction slash uh, harassment unit. They're really good for that. You just take a unit of four. Um, they can unbind as though they're a wizard. Ooh. And when for every model, for every four models in the unit, you get plus one to your unbind attempt. Mm. So I just take a base unit of four and I get mm. plus, you know, one. plus one. I'll take it. Um, plus it's still a plus. When they do successfully dispel, though, they take D3 mortal wounds. Ooh. But they add one to the attacks or hit rolls or something like that for their chilling daggers. Mm. So, so they're very much wizard hunters. But yeah. taking that D three mortal wounds can be really worth it. Let's say if it's like um, the mirror that Slanesh has, right? So 
that that would be really really worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, almost every spell, especially on like a, a chaff harassment unit, um, every single spell is worth taking D three mortal wounds for on them, because essentially you're just absorbing an arcane bolt. Yeah. yeah, and then you're getting buffed for it too. And then you get buffed for it. Yeah. yeah. So not only are you preventing damage to a unit that you may not have wanted to take any damage, you're also getting a buff out of it. As far as tabletop goes, though, don't don't commit too heavily into them. There's not enough wizards in the meta. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it earlier, it's just big monsters is really where it's at right now. Yeah. Um, there's not enough spellcasters out there to really merit having a big fat unit of them. But taking a unit of four is amazing. Unless you're going against um, Lumina for Umlords, because everybody is a, a wizard in that. Yeah, I don't know. I just run Teclas and then stuff. <laughs> Teclas and his things. <laughs> Teclas and whatever else fits into the list. Techless and his buds. Yeah. <laughs> techless and whatever the fuck I happen to bring in my case with me today. Really, it's techless and then enough models to surround him so that he can't be charged. And then I just fling spells the entire game. Hey. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Screw techless. He's stupid. He's got, <laughs> he's got a magic. No negatias. <laughs> well, he's the kind of got a magic. Hey, yeah. Uh, because he's Nagat- the god of magic who got his we'll, shit pushed we'll, in by, by an avatar of Nagash in a magical fight. <laughs> So, a uh, really cool thing about Nagash and uh, Marathi Kane, she essentially tried to use her feminine wiles on him. And he's yes. like, you fucking dumb. I don't even... The only boner in me is my bones. <laughs> you think I got a dick? The only thing that arouses me is dead people. Yep. And then smacked her, and now she's into two different, two different forms. Right. I'm gonna smack the snake out of you, bitch. <laughs> what else do we got? Okay, two banshees. Okay, so two banshees. Uh, so these were spirits that were killed unjustly. So basically, this is like think like uh, uh, like a, somebody who's accused of being a witch who was never actually a witch and then is like burned at the stake for it. So they these are. Uh, Spirits that have been killed unjustly, and they dwell upon it, and it festers, and they become filled with spite and hate, and this is what drives them in the afterlife. Mm. Excuse me. So yeah, they spend most of their afterlife just haunting uh, the material plane, uh, moaning and wailing for all of eternity. Uh, So they're often sought out by necromancers and other dark magic users, uh, because they make excellent servants. And they're hot. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's actually one of the oldest models that Nighthaunt has. Yeah. yeah. I, I say that because this picture has a square base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think these are actually an old model. I, too, am a bit of a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I am a criminal. I am a uh, To be fair, criminal, it's, a, it's still uh, a really cool model. Forensicist. Yeah, friends, yeah, crime scene investigator, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> CSI Age of Sigmar. Hey. hey. How did she die? So, speaking of Banshees, there's a really cool... I was reading up, you know, when I was uh, doing my homework for this. Kalimnus, yeah, Solemnus, the silver ha- ha- server, silver maiden, once the sword maiden of the Argent Sisterhood, is a night haunt tomb banshee. So she like made swords and shit. Okay, 
She's a blacksmith. She's a blacksmith. Hey. And in her, like, magic sword that she wields mm-hmm. is a single strand of her own hair. And apparently that empowers it and all this other stuff. Okay. Well, so. there are other swords in the lore that, like, you put hair into it and that... Where are the cool thing? swords where you have to, like, stick them into, like, your wife's heart in order to get it <laughs> quenched? Like, Dorn. The Dorn, the Dorn sword and... Um, what? No, um, in... 40? It's a Song of Ice and Fire. Oh. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Morning Star, I think. Yeah. Milkish. It's like the first magical sword. Yeah. Plunged into the heart of his wife. You said Dorn, and I was like, what? Rogel? Rogel? No, no, I'm talking about another Dorn. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about... Yeah. House Dorn. No, um... But yeah, no, speaking about, like, hair-empowering swords, though, just real quick. Uh, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name. The the mortal um, prince of Slaanesh. Yeah. Uh, Sigvald. Sigvald, thank you. Yeah, the uh, pretty boy. His, his original sword was a shard of Slaanesh's weapon itself, but then he lost it whenever he was imprisoned. Mm. Uh, because he was imprisoned around the same time as Slaanesh. Mm. But when he broke free, eventually, uh, he went to a... Uh, a, a demon swordsmith and plucked out I think it was six of his own hairs and he had a new that sword that makes sense for Slanesh. yeah and he had a new sword forged from those hairs and that's his new um it's no longer called shard it's no longer called shard um anyway that's his new blade but that's the blade that like it's it's attack value is five or the unmodified charge roll Oh, uh, gross. For that turn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's whichever one's higher. So you could potentially have 12, 12 attacks with this sword that's like two up to hit, two up to wound. And yeah, it does get, insane damage. You can get rerolls to charge and stuff through Slanesh, so. Yep. Yeah. Um, his new model is sick. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. have it. I actually oh, yeah. have it. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen it? Yeah, do you want to see it? Yeah, I want to see it. All right, I'll be right back. Oh, no, you just. You're elite. It, it's right in here. Bye. Have fun. He's gonna whip out his sigvold, man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, while he's gone, um, let's see. And then we did two banshees. I think. Then we got blade guys. Revenants is our next one. Who's a part of the shroud guard? Shroud, shroud guard. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's spirits of mortals who met a particularly painful death, such as being drowned or buried alive. <laughs> You know, I think being buried alive had to be really suck, but I'm hearing drowning is actually a very peaceful way to go. I've heard that, but it's also really painful on the old lungs. I mean, if you just hold your breath. See, I would think being buried alive is just like falling asleep because you just run out of oxygen. Yeah, I don't think bringing a breathe in a whole lot of dirt. Is it drowning by water or drowning by dirt? Boy, that both is suck. Yeah. Um, the sheer blind rage they felt in their last moments are extended to all eternity with them blindly slashing and waving deadly blades around with an incandescent rage that could be felt only by the restless dead. Yeah. Also, to be fair, their blades are just about as tall as them. Yeah. Oh, so man. that's the new guy. His sword fell off, unfortunately. Again? He lost his sword again? I know, right? Ain't that a bitch? Yeah, paint that dude. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, yeah, I might get, get, I might get Jay to, to paint com- that one. Yeah. Yeah. You have the base for it. Yeah, it's 
in the box. Is that not the base? No, it's that's just the. Oh, um, yeah. okay. It's basing. It's not the base. And then we already gone over night shrouds. Let's see. Night of shrouds. Okay, that's cool. Night of shrouds, um, yeah. Reroll failed hit rolls made by this unit, the uh, Blade Gas Revenants, if they're within 12 inches of friendly spirit torments or chain ghasts. Ooh. They can retreat and charge in the same turn. Oh, God. In addition, add one to attack's characteristic if they made a charge rule. And uh, wow. they have two attacks apiece, so... And they, they're three threes. Threes, threes, hey, that's rend pretty one, good. one damage. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's yeah. like Space Marine right there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then before a villain, that's like any... Or for a ward? Is it, or is it Envolm? So you missed it because you were getting Sigvold. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Envolm. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you rather drown mm -hmm. or be buried alive? That's a tough choice. I mean, like, personally, I think I'd rather... Oof. I mean, do, like, do I have the opportunity to get out, or am I just stuck with this? No, this is how you die. Oh, probably buried alive then. Because, so, if you're buried alive, um, theoretically how you die, like, if you can maintain a pocket of air, theoretically how you die is, carb is carbon, uh... Monoxide poisoning? Dioxide, Carbon dioxide poisoning? Yeah, because you exhale dioxide. Yeah. Um, which... From what I understand, in terms of way to die, is probably one of the more preferable ones because eventually you just get short of breath and then you pass out and then you die. So, so yeah. Whereas so drowning, it's like no, you, you gotta feel that shit. Now, he brought up a good point. Mm -hmm. Drowning in dirt or drowning in water. <laughs> okay, now that's my option. I think I'd rather take the water because I feel like that'll go quicker. Right. <laughs> um, we already covered the night to shroud. Yeah, buried alive in sand. Where you couldn't make the pocket. Um, Woof. Well, I think, like, if you, like, maybe, like, put your hands around your mouth and you can't put, move. like, face down. But, like, can't yeah, move. if you just can't move, I'd take the water. You're buried <laughs> to the neck up, and then they cover you with sand on the head. Well, yeah, I'd, t I'd take the water. Wow, anyway. that's a really aggressive um, quicksand. Right? Yeah, really. Or just crazy Romans. Yep. Um, so oh, that's yeah, how Blade Gas... That. Yeah. That's how Blade Gas Revenants die. Yeah. Uh, extremely horribly painful. Yeah, I, I read that while I was doing my research, and I was like, wow, that fucking sucks. And they just whip their swords around blindly, because mm -hmm. they're just so pissed off. It's fucking rad. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's like, that's, and so this is why, like, the whole time I was saying, kind of the theme of Nagash's Night Haunts is just, you suffered in life, so you're gonna suffer some more in death. And it's, it is not, if you're a Night Haunt, you didn't have a pleasant life. Or a pleasant death. Or, be or a pleasant Ozark. afterlife. I'd rather be a Bone Reaper. Bone Reaper? Oh, so you are Bone Reapers. Oh. Yeah. Not a Raper. I did not say Raper. I am not a Raper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, uh, no, the... Um, so that's... Uh, I think that's it for Night Haunt, though. Yeah. In terms of lore. Um, Would you like to do that one quote that you're looking at at the moment? Yeah, it's a cool quote. In death's shadow, all men are equal, in misery and reward, for the undying king bestows blessings as well as curses, but only upon those who acknowledge his primacy? Primacy? Primacy, I think. I sense your doubt, my lord. It hangs heavy over you. Look into the lantern light, and your doubt will burn away. You will see the truth, and all doubt will be lifted from you. That's from Unfollow Dahl to Ferris Thom, or Tom. 
at the siege of uh, Glim's Forge. Hmm. That's a cool quote. Uh, essentially, we're all going to die. Nagash is going to consume every soul that he can and uh, turn you into something terrible. Yeah. Yeah, people... People whose soul gets claimed by Nagash, they don't they don't have pleasant afterlives. No. Which is funny because those who like actually worship Nagash, they think he's I they, think okay, in my opinion, again, a lot of these people are the people who deserve it. If you are a good citizen mm-hmm. and you worship Nagash, I guarantee you you're just gonna be having like the grandest party of all time. Yeah, you're gonna get to go world. to a, basically Elysium. Yeah. Um, and even then, if you read, like, the people who died unjustly, it's not that they're, like, suffering for all of eternity. They are basically taking out their revenge is one way to read it. You know what's dumb? In the skeleton kits. Okay. Which ones? The, uh, any of them. Okay. Um, their musicians are trumpeters. <laughs> I see where you're going after this, yes. <laughs> Zombies have drums. At least zombies have fucking lungs. Or lips. Or lips. Yeah, because that's, like, that's the whole thing. Like, because I can understand, like... Are you sure like, it's a tr- not a, like, megaphone of some sort? <laughs> <laughs> like, a cheerleader, and they just kind of go magically ah. scream into it? <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. That actually is pretty funny. Yeah, we're going to give drums to the guys that might actually still have lungs and lips, but the guys who have literally none of the things required to play an air horn or a horn, yeah, they get horns. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jay, thank you for coming on today. Thanks I, for I, having me. No, it was awesome. I had a blast while you are here. We'll, uh, we'll have to get you back uh, again, uh, especially whenever we do the Soul Blight Gravelords. And, or, or no, sorry, not Soul Blight Gravelords. Flesh Eater Quartz. Uh, Flesh Eater Quartz, thank you. Yeah. Um, anytime. Anytime you guys want me to come back, I'll come back and, and uh, record. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. It's not like you only live 10 minutes away. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you want to hear more of my delightful voice or see my shining, smiling face, check out Metaslayers. I've also been on Garage Hammer, which is another podcast. Yeah, so you did the Daughters of Cain one on them. Yeah, so check out the Daughters of Cain episode. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. We, But it's in for the long haul. It's like a four-hour episode. Yeah, oh, but yeah. very detailed. Yeah, we go through every unit, every scrap of lore. We go through all of the unit entries for for combat and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you go through, like, you know, lists as well. Yep. Sure yep. do. Yep. yep. I was there building models that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it. So uh, definitely check out Garage Hammer in tandem with this. Uh, both great, great podcasts. I've been enjoying listening to both on my oh-so-long commute to work. You're whopping 15 minutes down the road. It is almost exactly 15 minutes. 20 minutes if you hit traffic. Nope. Not even? Nope. <laughs> Not even because you go the right lane down 95. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> this is Bastrop and there is no traffic heading to work. That's fair. Yeah, no, there's only traffic either coming in from Austin or leaving to Austin in the morning. Yeah, but even then they hop up on 7121, so it's not like there's much traffic uh, yeah. going down Main Street, or not Main Street, uh, Chestnut. So, final question What's your favorite unit out of Nighthawk? Oh, that's a tough question. Um,. I really like the Lady Olander. I know, model, yeah. But if I had to pick like just like an actual like model, not like a character. I'm just talking about lore, unit, model, whatever whatever suits your fancy. What's your favorite <sighs> out of the book? Okay. So I really love the the stalkers. 
the the oh, guys who are like uh, fused together with their beasts, sure. the hunters. Those guys are really cool because the the lore for them is basically just uh, uh, they will always hunt you down. Because there was a okay, so so this is kind of a weird comparison, but there was a, a horror movie. Um, I forget when it came out, but it's it was within the last decade. I think it was actually back in like twenty eighteen. Um, and I'm gonna forget what it was called, but the whole premise of this horror movie was that there is a demon, ghost, something or another that basically, um, it's it's a supernatural STD is effectively the premise <laughs> of the story. So basically, um, that's how a lot of if, demons are. If I <laughs> if I have sex with someone who's suffer who's being haunted by this demon, um. Then the demon comes after me. Okay. And so as long as I am alive, this demon is slowly coming after me. And it doesn't charge at you. It doesn't run at you. It walks. But it always knows where you are. And it always knows the most direct path to you. I got to see this movie. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Um, I I watched. So initially I saw there's a YouTube channel called um, Dead Meat. Yeah, and he does uh, this thing called the kill count, where he um, reviews horror movies and counts up the bodies in them. Sure, uh, uh, by a guy named uh, James A. Janice is the host. That and cat will never come to you. Oh yeah, no, she like hates people, <laughs> but she loves that tennis ball. But no, um, so like this this demon is always hunting you. But now let's say I have I'm so I'm being hunted. Now let's say I have sex with someone else. Now, that demon stops following me and starts following that other person. So, like, the, pr- the whole premise of the show is that, like, as long as you pass, pass it on, you never have to worry about the consequences. But if the demon kills the person that I pass the curse on to, then the demon comes back to hunt me. Okay, yeah. And so the demon can appear so as... So it's HPV. You just pass it back and forth. Basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um... But this demon can appear as anybody. Okay. Uh, literally anybody. And it's like an actual physical being. It's more like a shapeshifter. But it's powered by this curse. And the stalkers remind me a lot of that. Of like once you've been targeted, you cannot escape. Sure. So you can run as far as you want. You can travel to different planes. These things will always hunt you down. I love it. What about you, Mitchell? What's your favorite unit or lore, model, whatever? Um, favorite model is even it's even the favorite model I have an entire of Age of Sigmar is Lady Olander. Yeah, I love that model. I think it's an one. It's an amazing model. The lore is absolutely amazing. A lot of people think that you need to paint that one in sub assemblies. I will tell you, you do not. Yeah, the, the model is constructed in a way to where you can hit all the recesses just fine. Uh, it, it's a glorious, it's a beautiful model. I hardly ever do sub-assemblies. I don't like doing sub-assemblies. If I can't see it, that's why it's the point of a black primer. <laughs> right, if you can't see it, it, if you can't see it, it's not worth painting. Uh, yeah, or if you, can't, if you can't reach it, you're not going to be able to see it. No, you just cram some paint in there that's the base coat or leave it black as a shadow. But yeah. I love the Dread Scythe Herodons. Uh, that's so, even though they're not my favorite model out of the range... The this, lore, though. The sheer irony yeah. that this packed behind that lore. It's, yeah, I, I would have to say Dread Scythe Heritage for lore for me. Uh, model, either the Black Coach or uh, Lady Olander. 
Yeah, yeah. the black coach. The new black coach is so good looking. Yeah. So good. I really, really need to get it. Or Nagash. Yeah. Nagash is a pretty cool model. Um, Nag- exactly not Nagash could actually be fielded in every single Death Army, I believe, except Flesh Eater Quartz now. Have you seen my Nagash? No. You have a Nagash? What? what? Oh my, I don't I'm know why sh- I find this surprising. I'm pretty sure he has every single model. Oh, pretty close. Um, <laughs> so I got uh, Vampire Dragon, or Zombie Dragon Wings. Okay. And I affixed them to his back. Because he's a bone shaper. He can take whatever form he wants. <gasps> you can run it as a Magnus. <laughs> I could. <laughs> uh, All right, T-Sons, calm it down. No, no, no. If you're going for a very ghost-themed ma- ghost theme oh, yeah, Thousand Suns, like because whole, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. very common because people hate painting gold trim on Thousand Suns. It's way too much. They just go like, I'm going to do some ghosts. Yeah, have you seen his um, his rubric marines? I was just commenting on him the other day at the store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that would actually make a lot of sense because I think weren't you saying that for some chaos, for chaos spawn in your army, you want to get your hands on some Ozark Bone Reaper constructs? Yeah, the one with three faces because it, they're the exact same size of a chaos spawn. Sure. And they're the like same height, and it would work, and it's very thematic to be more of like an undead sure. army for forty k. Sure. Now I'll never be able to take it to tournament because people are like, no, it's Age of Sigmar. It's clearly an Age of Sigmar model. I'm like, but it looks like a chaos spawn. It makes sense as a chaos spawn. Sure. Yeah. And besides, most of what we do is casual play anyway, so yeah, I, I don't think anybody would give a crap. Even at Age of Sigmar tournaments, people don't care as much as they do 40k. Yeah. yeah. Well, 40k is such a hyper-competitive scene. Which is funny, because uh, I think Age of Sigmar is a more competitive game. It really is. Yeah. Because I remember we were talking at the store the other day about how, because of how... Um, Sigmar does their point values. It's like power levels in 40k. It's inherently more balanced. Right. And how generally the codexes, even from uh, edition to edition, are much more balanced. Like we were talking about the uh, the Magakin. Yeah. How they had a first edition codex. And they were still very competitive until third right. edition. Right. Yeah. Yeah, all the way up through third. Um, this is a special offer, actually, now that I think about it, since we're talking about models. Uh, if anybody, any of the listeners wants to order... Uh, I'll give him ten percent off. Ooh! Just, uh, just because uh, faithful, loyal legions of listeners. That that flowed nicely off the top. Mm-hmm. That did flow nicely. <laughs> well, that's Bass Drop Games and Hobbies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bass Drop Games and Hobbies. Uh, just give us a call. I don't have the number on hand. You can Google it. Everybody has a Google. Mm-hmm. Everybody does have a Google. Yeah, Bass Drop Games and Hobbies. Especially people who play for Warhammer. Right, and uh, we ship. No problems there. Yeah, you get ten percent off of all your plastic crack. So just give me a call. And I can also help you design army lists and stuff, too. Yeah, because I know um, that's one thing that I really enjoy going into the shop about is because you and several of the other people who are regulars at the shop, like David, for instance, we, and Sam, they're so knowledgeable about Warhammer, whether it be Sigmar or 40K. Right. Sam is Age of Sigmar. David is 40K. Yeah. So yesterday I played my first game of 40K in four months. Yeah. How did that go? Um... I did really good the first two rounds, but my forty man, like my forty Zangors, did absolute trash. No, because <laughs> David, no, not David. Um, Brandon just sat there behind cover the entire time. I can't shoot Jack Squat. Right, and I'm sitting there going like, okay. So turn two, it was like thirty to eight, but in the next turn, I was going to be absolutely obliterated. But mm. it, it blew my mind because I have not played 40k in such a long period of time, but I'm playing a lot more Age of Sigmar that I do not score at the end of my turn. Right. It blew my mind. I was like, 
Are you sh- are you sure about that? That makes no sense to me. Why only, only the second player on the bottom of the fifth turn like, scores at the end of the turn. Yeah. Like like why why do I not it's just what? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well that's a shame. But it's your first game in four months. It is my first game in four months. We need to play more Sigmar though. We, yes. we really need yeah. to play more Sigmar. Yeah, it's funny for considering the fact that we're an Age of Sigmar podcast, we don't actually play much tabletop right now at the moment. I play a lot more tabletop. It's just I was on a small break from the um, league. And then no. I just been busy on weekends or lazy. Mm-hmm. I've been lazy, really. Yeah, and I need to get those those dragons built. So my, my plan right now is to get uh, not Krondis, the other one, the, the the scarred dragon. Yeah, yeah. Get him built, um, and I need to go ahead and get him painted. Uh, I'll probably I'm gonna base him. I'm gonna go ahead and blue stuff him and Zenithal him, mm-hmm. and then I'm probably gonna come swing by the shop. That might be what I do this weekend because I've got a four day weekend coming up. Right. That might be what I do is I swing by the shop and get some help. Uh, or or you can build his Drakari. <laughs> yeah, no, I need to work on those. I was Jay. I was talking to you. I need to get those. I was. I've just been burnt out for the last while, but yeah, I do need to get those built. I forgot all about those. Yeah, um, I forgot all about. Them. It's been so long. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, Many a fortnight. Yeah. To be fair, like, we never exchanged any, like, uh, money o- over them or anything like that. So, if I don't if I don't get the belt, because I do still plan on getting the belt. I was going to give him all my Space Marines for all his Drakari. He was, but I don't want all of his Space Marines. I've got oh. enough Space Marines as it is. I know, it sucks. <laughs> like, I was literally like, look, Mitchell, I will pay you for your Dreadnought. And he was like, no, I'm looking to get rid of all of them. And I was like, I don't want all of them. I want the Dreadnought, and that's it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. But yeah. Um, no, so I'm probably going to work on getting the dragon belt. Because the other thing I want to do is because uh, Adele was, since she gave me those dragons, like, I oh. definitely want to get those. Oh, it is definitely an end of the podcast. We're just kind of dicking Oh, yeah, no. Out. This is, if you, if you oh, want to yeah, head yeah. on out, like, please feel free. Yeah. Um, um, there is a secret message at the end if you do stick around. And uh, so, yeah, you should stick around. But if, if you're done, you're done. Yeah. If you're only interested in what the secret message is now. Yeah, I don't know what secret message is either. Yeah. It's that secret. It's super secret. Super secret. All right. Um, but back to what I was saying, though. I want to go ahead and get those dragons built and so I can start playing with them. Just because I know Adele was like super excited to see them built and see what they look like. Yeah. And so I'm thinking what I'm going to do is I'm going to build up two of them. Uh, so I want to get Krondus built, and then I want to get two of them built to have... And I'm going to paint them up in the same, like, red paint scheme. Mm-hmm. Or not Krondus. Caridus. Uh, Caridon. Mm-hmm. Ker- mm-hmm. Whatever his name is. The Scarred Dragon. And I'm going to paint them up in the same, like, orange, orangey-red paint scheme. And those are basically going to be, like, his honor guard. <laughs> Pet the cat belly. But no. Um, and paint them up in the same, like, orange paint scheme. Sure. And so they're, like, almost like his children slash honor guard. And I'm just going to run them together. Because uh, the Scarred Dragon gets so many buffs for, like, charging and being in melee and shit like that. And then the... Come at me. I got Kragnos. I'll I got, do it. I got Kragnos and a whole lot of both the boys that like to do and a whole lot of combos. <laughs> but no, uh, the Stormdrake Guard 
they have so they have two different weapons. They have a spear and then they have a sword, and the sword gets like six attacks. And then the spear, uh, it only has three attacks. Only. But whenever you charge with it, it doubles the rend and the damage. I That's think. Gross. Or, just, or maybe it's just the damage. Whatever. Who gives a shit? That's amazing. Yeah. So even though technically the sword gets you more attacks, if you're charging, then it kind of evens out because they end up with the same damage. Right. Because like ultimately, like we were talking about earlier, it's more profitable to roll more dice. But when you're doubling your damage, because I think it's damage and rend. So I think he goes from one rend, one damage, to one rend, or two rend, two damage. Okay. I don't know. I would need to actually sit down and do the math on it. I um, think two rend, two damage would be a lot more profitable because rend is such a rare commodity. It's yeah. not like 40k where it's like everything got like, oh, I got minus one rend, or one minus one AP. It's like rend is so good. In yeah, having one rend is still pretty potent. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's it's cutting an extra 16.5% off of the dice values of your opponents. But more importantly, in Sigmar, with your average save being 4 plus 5 plus, it could be denying them a save altogether. Yeah. Um, but the extra attacks, it, it goes back to the synergies that you have within the army. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting lots of rerolls injected... Um, it's better to have more attacks. Yeah. If you have stuff that buffs the amount of attacks that you get, it's better to have less attacks because it's it's going to be a bigger percentage increase. Yep. So this is all stuff that we go over on Metaslayer. So I've mm-hmm. I've beaten this, this is horse why I'm to like death. Really interested to uh, whenever you bring whenever you bring Metaslayer back, I'm really interested to listen to it, especially going into third edition, because that's the one thing I've always been really lacking on. Is I'm very much a warhead. Like I got into yeah, Warhammer Forty K. Yeah, I really do. Um, <laughs> we can work on that. We just need to play more. What you need, to, what you guys need to do is is come into the shop and be like Jay. Get off your ass, stop painting or playing on your phone, more likely playing on your phone, <laughs> and come play a game. During the weekdays when Zach's there, odds are I can play a game, most likely. Yeah. yeah. Or what should- are, Well, what are you doing tomorrow? Because I'm doing, like, fuck all tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, uh, Magic. Magic? That starts at, like, six. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, you want to uh, try and cram a game in earlier? I have between two and six. Yeah. It's solid four hours. Or also, we need to go to your house and just set up Metaslayers. <laughs> yeah, I need to mm-hmm. get the booth going again. I also need to set up the laser, too. Yeah. 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 Plug that one on the next episode. I need, a, I, 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 I need <laughs> to finish painting my model for the painting competition. I only got one arm built or painted. Oh, but it's such a good arm, it's though. It's such a, such a good arm. <laughs> I decided I'm going to work on that Harley Quinn as my character. Okay, yeah. You said you didn't compete. <laughs> I'm not competing. I, I paint along. I don't I don't compete against. I uh, participate. But I don't compete. Gotcha. Okay. J- just to be fair, this is a Harley Quinn model, like the DC character, not a Harley Quinn from 40K. Correct. Just so we're clear. Correct. Yeah. 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 And you you're you're pinning her up in the um in the suicide squad style, right? Yes. Yeah. So Yeah, I've seen you working on that. She looks really good. Actually, I wanted to ask you, how did you get that like like glistening blue and red color scheme out of that? Uh scale 75 paints. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they're alchemy line, right? Yeah, so I use scale 75 alchemy and then I use contrast paints for the shadows instead okay. of a shade because I don't want to dull the metallic 
Mm-hmm. I'm going for like a vinyl, you know, 80s jacket look. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to dull that in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So I use contrast paints instead. And then it's highlighted with another scale 75 paint. Uh, it's a pearlescent. It's also out of the alchemy. It's the white alchemy line. Okay. So, yeah, scale 75 is amazeballs. Yeah. I don't like it too much for doing, like, base coats, but if I'm, like, building up multiple colors and using a whole lot of layers to build up and get shadows and highlights, it's an amazing paint. Yeah, yeah. Love no, I, I agree. There's better paints for base coats, I think. AK, AK Interactive has some good base, kit, base coat paints. Mm-hmm. And we can order it. Yeah. We've been working on uh, looking through the list for you. Yeah. 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 My, uh, my cousin actually showed me um, some of the Reaper base paints. They have some really vibrant colors, and they're 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 the sets of three colors that they sell are really nice because they give you like a mid tone, a uh, a darker shade, and a lighter shade. Did I tell you that um, we're probably going to get Green Stuff World products? Hey. Ooh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I do like no Green Stuff work, but that sounds interesting. No, because <laughs> Green Stuff World is an array of stuff. It's not just green oh, stuff. Oh, okay. So they have like basing materials and, oh. and flock and uh, just accoutrement to go along with it. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Check out greenstuffworld.com. It's, it's got an amazing array of stuff and gives you good ideas for modeling. That's really cool. Even if you don't use their products, just taking snippets from, you know, out of their, a page out of their book. Yeah. You're like, oh shit, this looks really good. I'm going to steal this idea. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier when I was talking about like trying to uh, do like a like almost like a mossy effect mm-hmm. on the back of the stalkers. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's there's thirty different ways you can skin that cat. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, sure. I'm going to be pushing for a lot of more AK Interactive stuff because AK Interactive has a lot of basing material, especially when also when it comes to water. Yeah, they have a lot of cool water basing material. Okay, right. So. Yeah, because like the only way I know of right now to get like a really cool water effect is to do like almost like resin work, but sure. that can be really difficult. Well, it, it's kind of what it is, but it's like easier to work with resin. Yeah, it's not like the industrial resin stuff that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, um, I gotta look into it, but it's pretty neat. The only place I know how to get where to get it right now it's like North Austin, and that's a forty-five hour long trip just to get there. Yeah, sure. and that's not including traffic. Have you checked Hobby Lobby? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hobby Lobby does not carry AK Interactive stuff. Yeah, the the Hobby Lobby has some things like they're Vallejo. really yeah they have some Vallejo and they have some like building supplies. True. They're they're good if you're doing a lot of um more uh. Like, like dioramas and scenery and shit. Yeah, and uh, also like model cars, like metallics, because they have a lot of enamel. Their array yeah, of enamel is really sucks, good. Though. Yeah, for plastic. Models, Everybody's yeah. moving away from enamel because a lot of enamels, like testers. Apparently, testers, you can go and get like a thing of um, rustoleum or Krylon sprayed into like a small little container, and that's the exact same paint. So there is two paints from testers that I absolutely love: metallic chrome. And chrome gold. Those are fucking phenomenal enamel paints. But they will destroy your brushes. So you mm. use the shittiest brush. And you can't get detail with it because it's an enamel. Mm-hmm. But it is amazing paint. So like if you're painting like large armor panels like on a knight or something or like that. You could do it through an airbrush as well. You could. Yeah, I don't airbrush so. Anymore. 
I, I, I hung up the, the gun. And not to mention, I would imagine with enamel, you'd like have to wear the respirator and like do the full nine yards. Otherwise, you're going to end up with yeah. fucking... I'd, re- I'd recommend it. Yeah. And I'm a non-masker for airbrushing. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. No, whenever, whenever I airbrush, like, for whatever reason, whenever I airbrush, the paints always end up smelling like really fruity to me. Like, I feel like I'm sticking my nose in a bowl of fruit punch. It's like the weirdest thing. That is super weird. I've never heard of that before. It's, it's, it's <laughs> no, that, that would be able to smell anything. I smell burnt toast. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's it's really weird. It's I, it's the Vallejo paints. That's what gets me. It's okay. like whenever I spray paint with a Vallejo, or not spray paint the uh, airbrush. airbrush with a Vallejo. But yeah, I'm, um, I actually need to figure out how I'm gonna attack the the dragons. Whether I want to try and do anything through an airbrush. So I feel like just for covering the sheer... Um, it's good on the wing membranes and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a couple thousand hours behind an airbrush. So it's not that I, I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just anything that you can accomplish with an airbrush, you can accomplish with a standard brush. Mm-hmm. But you have more control. There's no overspray. Yeah. And cleanup yeah. is as much as swishing your brush into you know, some clean water. Yeah. Um, but that being said, if you ever want to bring your airbrush set up into the shop... I can show you some stuff and things. So okay, this is what the I'll, man to go to when it comes to that. Yeah, because no. I I'm gonna probably go to him as well because I need to. I want to get into airbrushing, but that's for like a lot of um, gradients, um, gradients on a large scale army. Sure. Not mm-hmm. um. Sure. Like one. Not person. characters. Yeah. Yeah. So the mo- the biggest reason I'm considering, and I'm still not married to the idea but the biggest reason i'm considering doing airbrush for the dragons is just because there's so much of them and i want to make sure that i get i want to try and make sure i get a fairly even coat and and just do like one or two passes if you're doing the red you can sit there or like the red oranges you can go get an arcana army painter Mm -hmm. and um sit there and spray paint it that um and then go for a heavy dry brush of like a reddish orange and a light dry brush of an orange and then a super super light dry brush of a yellow yeah but like i've i've had really bad results with army paint like i know a lot of people say that the spray cans work just fine but i've had had really bad yeah because the black kind of just clogged on us and it just stopped yeah, and then and then the yellow that I had got that really weird. Um, that was it was uh, because it was too weird putting it too far away. I really I liked demonic yellow. It was a good paint for me. Yeah, the I think the biggest reason I don't use it is because I had that one bad experience. Sure. And now, and now whenever I paint up my imperial no, face, I use so the Vallejo. Back in the day, um, uh, army painter specifically army painter, I uh, primed up a bunch of uh, rogue trader termagants. And it was bad. It melted their faces and stuff. Oh, Jesus. Really? The aerosol mix uh, that they had in the cans was off. So it was just a bad batch of paint. So I wrote them and said, hey, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. And essentially the email that I got back was, oh, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. So I swore off of Army Painter for a good 10 years. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I was pretty bitter. Well, yeah, whenever a, you know, a company sells you a bag product and basically says, yeah, well, get fucked. Like, get fucked. No. I like the Scale 75 primer. Um, and oh, it's, you I haven't used, used it yet. It's, it's weird to me because it loves to grab the paint. 
that's what I noticed about it. It loves to grab it, and you you have so much control of that initial base initial base coat. So maybe that's why maybe the scale seventy five works better to base coat over that. Yeah. Now they are bright. They don't have a black. You. They, yeah, they don't have a black. So it doesn't exist. You would know because you're the one that ordered it. <laughs> yeah, 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 it doesn't exist. Um, so that I might, I might. But so going over that with like a contrast. Yeah, would I would imagine be that would look really good. Yeah, because I did it with my frog model over there, um, and doing a dark green over it, I could not. This is the reason why I don't like scale seventy five over base coats because I put four base coats of a dark green. Yeah, and it just did. It still looked blotchy. Huh. But when I was doing all my like purple, my brood lord with red. Oh yeah. Um, if you're building up different type of layers and doing mm. all that, and you're doing the highlights, you're never gonna notice it. Sure. You physically can't notice it. Or sure. if you do notice it, it looks like it, it looks yeah. like it's blended into the rest of the model. Yeah. Sure. And um, and I need to test it out with a contrast or like the scale 75 version of a contrast. Are, are you going to get the army painter speed paints? You know, somebody asked me that uh, yesterday or today. Yeah, because I hear that they're supposed to be... Everybody on YouTube is, like, raving about them. Oh, I'll look into it. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. I'm so enamored with the scale 75 instant colors, which is their version of contrast. Yeah, I, I need to buy some just to try yeah, it Yeah, I've, I've tried a couple of them. They're pretty nice. Yeah. They're really nice. They're, um, they behave a lot like the Citadel ones, but they're thinner. So you get a lot better control out of them. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll get, I don't know, I'll, I'll get a couple of sample kits in or something from uh, the Speed Paint. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the Skill 75 primers, do they have a white? They have a light gray and a bone color. There is a white that doesn't exist yet. There's a slot for it on the. Oh, okay. oh so you can't, you can't yeah. buy it yet, but it's coming. Yeah. I was going to get the bone color soon because my next army, after I get done with the um, Sylvaneth, which I might get J.U. to just paint everything. <laughs> um, I've been thinking about that. Um, do an OGR Bone Reapers and learn how to do enamel or oil washes with them. Oh, that's super fun. Yeah, it's, so, it's a lot of fun. Um, do that. I mean, we have the we have the soil works oil paints. So yeah, and that'll that'll work really well because that's kind of like the whole shtick of bone reapers is that they sometimes they look like or you can make them look like they were like just dug up out of the ground. Yeah, and I, I like bone reapers. So mm -hmm. yeah, because yeah, if if all they have right now is a light gray, then what I might do whenever I'm priming up my well, they have that dragons, color. Yeah, is uh, I might go ahead and try and purchase the. Either the the light gray or the the tan, the off white, the bone color. Yeah. For scale seventy five, and I might use that as my zenithal for my dragons. That's cool. That's what I did for my broodlord. As, especially considering the uh, the undercoat, like the the belly of the dragons, yeah, yeah. is that kind of off white tannish color. Sure. So that might blend really well. Although I don't know, I'll have to look at it. Boys, ready to wrap up? Oh, yeah. I think we are ready to wrap well, up. So we Jay, at? we're at two hours and Jesus. almost thirty minutes. It was a long one. So Jay, secret message time. Secret message time. Uh, when's the next giveaway? That's my first question. Oh, that's an excellent question. 5,000 downloads? Yeah, question somewhere around there. there. We may be at 3,000 right now. So right around the corner. 
So Bastard Games and Hobbies is, uh, what do you call it? A local game, friendly local game store? Well, yeah, they're that. But uh, sponsoring, sponsoring the next giveaway. <gasps> oh. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, God. So, uh, Here we go. It'll be a start collecting box from Age of Sigmar. Ooh, okay, that's really cool. So that's a big one. So tell your friends, tune in the podcast, get downloads going, call BG&H. Uh, yeah, as long as you guys plug the show, I'm happy to sponsor. Yeah, so or plug the show, plug the store. <laughs> I'm getting tired. Yeah, it's been a long day. And yeah, no. It's only 11 o'clock. We, we love talking about, yeah. No, but like here on the show, we love talking about our local community and our local game store because Mitchell's put a lot of effort into helping. Um, I try to grow it a whole the, lot. Yeah, yeah, getting all the players to come together because whenever you first took over the store, there were like a few people who kind of knew each other that would come in and play occasionally. But yeah, once Mitchell got there, he was like, oh no, we're making everyone learn every everybody else's <laughs> names. And so now like half the time, whenever anybody who plays Warhammer walks into the store, like half the other people in there are like, oh hey, how's it going? Like, yeah. how you been? Like every Norm. time. Exactly. Like every time Tristan shows up in the store, everybody's like, Tristan, just bring the kids with you. How you doing? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, so yeah, no, and that would, and that's definitely like a cool thing because especially as we get more and pe- more people downloading the podcast, we're more likely to get more and more people who are here, like in central Texas where we are, right? Who can come into the shop and hang out with us and meet the community here. Even when I even move to Brian, it's not like I'm not going to be here every other week. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Because it's like, even when I lived in Brian, me and Philip, when we both lived there, we were here every weekend sure. just about yeah i was here every weekend you were here at least once a month no, almost so, twice a month yeah at well least. at least at yeah. least once a month so but yeah. yeah um so yeah five thousand downloads then and start collecting box sponsored by bastrop games and hobbies yeah it's gonna be pretty red yeah Yee. i hope i win <laughs> <laughs> what armor yeah. do you want it's beastman baby <laughs> hell yeah so as we get closer we'll release a few more of the details on that uh, but yeah, so that's Let's what that we have to look next forward episode. to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we should probably do that next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll get that hammered out. All right, well, we'll see y'all in the future, guys. Stay safe. Keep ho- hobbying on. And deuces. Deuce.